Alrighty, guys, how are we going? Uh, welcome to the Freshly Awoken podcast uh, number two. Uh, the topic this week is going to be toxic masculinity. Uh, masculinity. <laughs> uh, definitely gonna be, I'm going to struggle with that word all night. Just watch, just watch. Uh, we're here with obviously Fresh Plays Live and myself, Mr. Woke TV, but our special guest this week is Mr. Yvette's. Um, He's a fellow streamer who, yeah, uh, actually, Mr. Vets, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and, I don't know, what you're doing? Where are you from? Uh, sure. So, I am born and raised in Michigan in the U.S. I'm going to put him down because he's heavy. This is Bennett, <laughs> by the way. He's going to be bugging me all oh, podcast, I'm sure. But, Bennett's nice. a good boy. Doggo. Lots of doggo <laughs> lovers here. <laughs> good deal. Um, so, yeah, I, I live in Michigan. I've lived in Michigan my whole life. Uh, my parents are both pastors, so I grew up moving around to different churches when they got appointed to different ones. Wow. Um, so I went to four different schools growing up, ranging in size from 50 people in a class to like 700. So that was interesting. Wow. <laughs> um, I ended up going to uh, Western Michigan University for a degree in philosophy. And oh. it's just a bachelor's, nothing fancy. But um, <laughs> then after that, I started working at a psychology association where I just do administrative office kind of stuff so we like we publish research journals and we hold uh conferences and conventions so uh people can share their research so i just help support that that's sick sweet uh, and then anything aside from that i can answer questions but i don't want to go on too long no that's cool that's well good. uh so what you're saying is more qualified than us to host this podcast <laughs> that's why he's uh, the guest I, here I that's about, why he's here I don't know about that. <laughs> no but we've had we've had some really good chats on stream before so I was uh, straight into hitting Ebbets up probably like months ago, like actually months ago before we even started this. So, yeah, I've been I think keen you to asked get him me on. back in like February or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've been looking ago. forward to it. Yeah. So we want to yeah, introduce awesome. Woke, a our um an ongoing segment that we're going to start Ooh, in this second yes. part of the stream. What do you want? Uh, did like, we beer did review? We actually... Do we do the clap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we got to do it. We need to get like an intro for it, but like yeah. beer <laughs> review. review. All right, yeah, lads. good with the claps. Yeah, good man. We didn't talk about this beforehand. <laughs> yeah, and also, I, yeah, we didn't talk about this beforehand either. And also, we didn't talk about what we're going to call this. Beer review. Beer review. I didn't, Makes I didn't. sense. Beer yeah, review. Okay, cool. yeah. With the claps. I completely Surely. missed that. Those claps. <laughs> Beer review. Now, all right. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, um, I guess we we um all intro our beer and then we'll uh. We'll crack them over, mate. Yeah, crack, also, crack I mean, we can just say, uh, just firstly, um, we're going to drink one beer on stream together, um, a beer that we haven't tried before, or one that we've tried before, to um, to review it, and we'll crack it together at the beginning, drink all the way through, and give it a score out of 20 at the end. So, you know, if you're a beer connoisseur kind of person, feel free to take our advice or not. <laughs> I definitely can't promise that there won't be a VB on stream at some point. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs> All right. Well, Levets is the guest. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. So I, it is nine o'clock in the morning here, so <laughs> I did not want to be too adventurous with my beer choice. So I just got one that I know pretty well. Um, it's a two-hearted ale. It's from Bell's, which is based in Kalamazoo. And also, I'm, I've got an article up here saying it was ranked number one in the country by zymergi magazine i have never heard of that magazine before <laughs> but for three years running it's been oh, wow. named the best beer in america so yeah. i figured i would go for this hey good choice good choice Work. nice uh yeah i'll go next uh so i'm rolling with and i excuse my camera um i held this up before and you couldn't see it very well but it's a peach invasion new england ipa by uh rocky ridge brewing company 
So Rocky Ridge, uh, I enjoy quite a lot of their beers and I've been meaning to try the IPA for quite a while. Apparently it's got like a peachy flavor to it. Apparently someone told me and uh, yeah, I've been, I've been keen to try it for so long. So I thought I'd get on it tonight. Um, the brewery is down south, Western uh, Australia and uh, located around Bustleton and uh, the Margaret River wine region. So yeah, I'm pretty mm-hmm. stoked to try it. I've been... Yep. been waiting for so long so i'm keen it's very nice, get into very it. nice. um yeah. and i've gone with the excuse the green screen looks invisible the oh it's, in, it's back to front too the four pines Whoa, ipa oh, reverse. <laughs> reversed <Woo>. four pines <laughs> ipa I, I really like the four pines brand so i've tried um most of the other ones i didn't even realize they're an ipa so try it out shall nice. we crack them together Sweet. boys ready to go yeah let's crack them three two one crack Ooh. Ooh. I, like, I don't think I got I kind of, my keyboard. I held it away from my I held it away from my body in case I like got it on me and then I was like, oh that's and away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Everyone's just spilled add, add the podcast ends because we spill all of our beers on the yeah. keyboards. Shorting out circuitry <laughs> left, right, <laughs> and center. Oh, look at that head. <laughs> A little bit too much head. <laughs> Let that one settle. All right. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Yeah, sweet. So, um, as I said before, guys, uh, oh, well, that's our beer review. So, we've cracked mm. them open. We'll be reviewing those beers uh, at the end of the podcast after we've had a few sw- sips throughout stream. But, um, yeah, so our topic, as I said before, is toxic masculinity mm. is uh, something that Mr. Yvette's brought up. We kind of had it on our radar as well a little bit. So, when he was like, yeah, I want to talk about that, That's that worked really well for us. Mm. Um so I guess we head straight into it. Yeah, where where do we start with of, toxic masculinity or thought, just masculinity in general? Yeah, I thought I was going to kind of say it's kind of, I think toxic masculinity is a good to- uh, title, but it's kind of, what, at, least, at least what we've kind of jotted down seems to be masculinity in general is, is, is like, is masculinity in crisis? Where do we, how do we, uh, you know, what's positive masculinity? What's toxic masculinity? Where do we go from here? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> masculinity was the topic. I, uh, I've been so caught up in talking about and reading and typing about toxic masculinity that I just went with it. But yes, masculinity right. was the topic. You got to go with the clickbait um, title. It's fine. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, and, that, and that leads into one of our points, I guess, is that toxic masculinity is a bit of a clickbait title at the moment. Mm. It's, uh, it, you know, it's everywhere. Mm. I'm seeing it thrown around by people all the time. It's become like almost a bit of a meme. And mm. I really... I don't know why, but it just doesn't it doesn't really sit right with me. Uh, every time I hear it, I kind of like, well, is is it toxic masculinity or is it just human toxicity? And I think that's something that I definitely want to address in this podcast. What do you guys think about that? I uh, I feel like that's something that kind of was something I hadn't really thought about before, but when I was looking into it more and trying to figure out where exactly I was coming from on this. Um, that's kind of where I landed too, is like, it's, it's not so much that masculinity in and of itself has to be toxic. It's just that there are a lot of behaviors that are really toxic that have long been associated with men, unfortunately, but Mm. that doesn't mean that men are the only people who do it. Mm. So I, I kind of landed in the same spot where like, this is toxic behavior, like first and foremost, as opposed to it's toxic because it's masculinity like that doesn't make sense and that doesn't sit right with me either because mm. i don't i don't think i'm a particularly toxic person except <laughs> rocket hey, that's usually. what you think <laughs> yeah, i, I don't think 
if anybody in chat thinks uh, differently, <laughs> let me know. I guess. Yeah, the bets is lovely. Yeah, I think um, there's this. There's got to be some. I think what we should, what we can keep exploring is there's some sort of balance in between. Uh, men are 100% toxic and men are zero. It, you know, if you're saying men are 100% toxic, then or masculinity is 100% toxic, then then you, that's that's far too far that way. And if you're saying men are 0% toxic or don't have the propensity to be toxic at all, then that's that's probably too far that way too. So let's try and find a yeah. place in the middle somewhere. Definitely. But I think that we need to like, I think we need to figure out where, because I feel like if you're talking about masculine toxicity at all, then what you're doing is you're assigning toxicity to male roles. Mm-hmm. And I I don't like the fact that that's thrown out there when it when it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That that's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. I I kind of feel the same way. Um, and I, I think I was I was trying to say that, but yeah, I feel like associating it with masculinity um, isn't going to do anything but perpetuate it. Mm. You know, that's good because people aren't going to want to talk about it if you're just saying all men are evil. Like that's not a good conversation starting point. <laughs> You've killed it right off the bat. So yeah, true, very true. All right. Do we want to, um, how should we go about this? Maybe Yvette, do you want to, um, chuck a point out that, um, I started, you started with through the week or had a thought about through the week? Yeah. So actually I think this was something that you brought up while I was watching you, uh, like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or maybe, no, it was on the last podcast. I think when you guys okay. were doing your intro, yeah. uh, the idea that boys like growing up or even guys like at our age or older, uh, when we hang out, we need to have some kind of vehicle or some kind of activity yeah. that we're doing yeah. rather than just talking to each other. And I feel like a lot of that comes from the idea that like, it's not masculine to be open with your emotions and talk with your friends about like what's really going on. That's something that you save for your romantic partner. Mm. But um, I don't think that that's a healthy pattern. I think that you need to be able to talk to your friends because those are the people who are supposed to be there for you and you're mm. supposed to be there for them. So I don't know if you guys want to maybe talk about why you think that is a, uh, is a stereotype or not a stereotype, but like a, a situation we find ourselves in often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess uh, where I was coming out with that, and and where I could speak, like a completely anecdotal kind of um evidence is that um, if I'm chatting with a guy as a, a young guy as opposed to a young girl, it seems like um a talk over um throwing a ball to each other or like shooting some hoops is creates less uh tension in the talks um and it's still connecting and still talking i would say um but yeah i mean just just completely based on experience um boys and i, I don't like you know having these just based on experience kind of conversations because it sometimes doesn't can be very ambiguous but boys seem to um feel yeah well maybe like what you're saying boys seem to feel threatened if you're just talking to them or it, it creates this is it's not it's not very normal it's a bit countercultural to just kind of have a chat with each other especially about things like we're doing now right what do you reckon work hmm i uh, yeah i'm i'm not sure i think that i think that it comes from like the fact that we always have to be like doing things. I, I think that that's where it comes from. It, it like, I don't, whenever I was with people growing up, it was always, it was always doing, 
you know it was never just it was never talking and i feel like i feel like girls have that a lot more growing up where it's like i don't know especially with them maybe it's like a parent thing where you are with girls with their mum it's a lot more talking and it's a more personalized relationship whereas i feel like I didn't have that with my dad. It wasn't, we weren't having conversations. We were always doing things. And I think that, I don't know, I, I, uh, that's my experience at least. And mm. I think that that's where it kind of stems from in my life. Mm. It's interesting that you should say that because I actually like, I, I did have that kind of relationship with my dad. He, he made it very clear that we could come to him with anything. And it doesn't necessarily mean I came to him with everything, mm. but I knew that I could. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew that I could have open, honest discussions with him. And, I think part of that comes from the fact that he's a pastor. So there's uh, like counseling training that goes with that. So there's that aspect. And then also just that's how he raised us. Mm. So I didn't necessarily come from the same spot, but my dad always wanted to know what I was going to do when I went over to my friend's house. And I think that came from more of a place of, I don't want you guys to get into trouble. Like idle hands are the devil's playthings. So like you said, Mm. we always have to be doing something. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's kind of where it comes from for me, mm. but that it's interesting that we have such different jumping off points and then yeah, kind yeah, of definitely. Place. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it's definitely something that I struggle with. It's definitely, um, I, I not only struggle with, uh, trying to, or like talking about my feelings and, and talking about things that are going on in my life. It's, it's also like a privacy thing. I, I feel very shut off you know, from, or like, I don't share my into, I don't get intimate, I guess, with other guys. I, uh, intimate maybe is the <laughs> wrong word to use here. Um, hey, man, you, like, you can get yeah, intimate with like, me, it's, work, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not intimate in that way, obviously, chat, settle down. Um, <laughs> but like intimate in terms of what we're speaking about in, yeah. 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 I, don't know. I, um, I, I guess that's just my experience. Interesting. Um, like growing up, um, I had a, we used to call it small group. So it was like a small group Bible study coming out of church. And um, it became um, a place where, every, where weekly we would go and we would share, like we'd just share about our week basically and like best stuff, worst stuff and um, stuff that we're kind of looking to grow in. And it was, um, you know, it started off um, pretty uh different to how i ended up and we ended up being um really really close and having these conversations and as we would bring people in um we'd have friends who'd come in and be like look like i don't get this kind of connection with other guys like anywhere in in life having these like pretty meaningful conversations on a weekly kind of basis and having this connection so this is a a really counter-cultural thing to do um so yeah i guess i guess in a way like it's not it's not really done very often I mean, I, I grew up in church, obviously. We covered that last <laughs> podcast that we both grew up in church fresh. And I, I experienced it the same thing. And it was it was very much like, oh, this is against what is no- the norm in society, what we're trying to do here. But I still didn't, I guess, manage to open up fully to that. Mm. And yeah, yeah, which is, mm. it's weird. I guess it's one of those things that everybody has different, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, takes things on board differently. Mm. I would say it's a, it was a huge positive for me. Um, like keeping those friends and opening up to them heaps guided me heaps yeah. through adolescent life. Definitely. I want to yeah. like, what if, what about if you look at it from like the opposite perspective of um, like, do we think that 
like why do we think that opening up and being super open and aware is the positive thing open and aware open and aware is the wrong thing but like yeah like being really open about our feelings and talking about that all the time why do we assume that that is the where we kind of need to aim for why aren't we thinking like oh it's actually better to be a bit reserved you know so i i think there are two reasons that i think that it's important to be open and honest with your with yourself and with your friends mm-hmm. in that way um and i think the first one is because it's it's part of self-care and there's something to be said for um being emotionally resilient and being emotionally independent and being able to take care of yourself but mm-hmm. finding yourself in a situation where you can't do that and not having practiced talking to people about those things mm-hmm. i feel like really is a huge drawback when you need it um, mm. So that's one. Yeah. And then the other one that I've been seeing a lot when I've been looking at this topic online is uh, from the female perspective. And if any ladies in the chat want to correct me, please feel free. But um, a lot of them feel like when they get into relationships, they have to be their boyfriend or husband or whatever. They have to be their emotional support crutch mm. because they're the only person that, that that guy feels like they can talk to because they haven't developed those relationships with their friends. Mm. So whereas the the woman in this situation typically, not always, but typically um, will have friends that she can go to and she can talk to about the hard things that are going on in her life, guys don't necessarily do that as much. Mm. And then all of that burden and all of that stress gets put on the female partner in that situation. Mm. And on the relationship. So those are the two yeah. things that, that really, and yeah, on the relationship. And mm. it's, it's not fair to yeah. either person. It's a stress. So those mm. are the yeah, two right. things that I think push it in that direction. But I think that you can go too far too. And I think you can mm. overshare. And I think yeah. it is important to be private about certain things. But yeah. like I said, to still have that practice mm. with opening up and talking about things. So that when the really hard stuff does come along, you can actually talk about it. Yeah. Instead of like not knowing where to start. I think speak in, in general, um, not many guys overshare as opposed to undersharing, just just as a completely general statement. Haven't met too many guys who tell you too much, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, and I definitely agree with that point that like it's kind of you can it, it becomes a negative thing when you get into those situations where you need to be able to openly communicate your feelings and your thoughts and you can't do it because you have no practice in it. And so mm. that that's probably where it's it we kind of get that oh it's a good thing, um, especially I guess I mean in today's world with um, a, a lot more people kind of coming out of the woodwork I don't want to say suffering from but coming out of the woodwork in terms of like mental illness and stuff like that mm. being able to openly communicate your feelings is just super super important and absolutely but but once again I definitely agree that you can you can take that too far and. I think going taking that through too far is losing I guess you'd lose yourself in the people around you because I feel like it like you become like you would become like a bit of a sponge like the more you give out of yourself the less of yourself is actually you mm. I, don't, I don't know <laughs> I don't know I think I know where you're coming from and if I can take it a little bit further I think uh, hold on. I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> shoot. Uh, you can overshare. So I think that um, you can also become a bit of a sponge in the sense that you're taking up everyone else's energy. Mm-hmm. So not Ooh. that energy is finite necessarily, but mm-hmm. like 
we only have so much at a given time. And if you have a friend who every single time they talk to you, they just want to talk about the bad things. They just want to unload all of it onto you. Then that puts a lot of strain on your relationship. Just like I was saying with like, if you're in a romantic relationship, Mm. the same situation can happen with everybody in your life. If you're not careful where you're just dumping your emotional baggage on everyone else. So you don't have to deal with it. Mm, I feel, I feel like that is kind of the danger that I see in oversharing. Cause like I, I do have friends who do that. Mm. and it's it's tough to want to talk to him sometimes mm. and i want to be there yeah. for him yeah yeah but every single time i talk to him it's rough it's mm. just like i yeah i get that uh, yeah i care about you yeah. but i can only do so much you know? it's rare that you meet guys like that i think but but you, there are plenty like that and it's and it's yeah they're definitely out there it's a true yeah mm-hmm. i i think that um so like in terms of a positive way to do this i think that i definitely have like one or maybe two guys in my life that I consider close enough friends or like that I'm, I guess, tight enough with that I would, that I share pretty much all of my life with. And, but it's, it's a, it's like a mutual relationship. So it's not, it's not like just me talking, 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 or like downloading onto them. It's also, they do the same to me. And I think that it, that in, an important factor in that kind of relationship is that two-way street because yeah, I know I know a lot of people in my life as well that, well, not a lot of people, but a couple of people who just want to vent, 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 vent. And when it's always one way like that, it is, it's so draining mentally on, on yeah. you as a person that it's almost like a, that becomes like a toxic thing, but like flip the other way, you know, mm-hmm. mm. a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Mm. Um, what a robust debate. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, I feel. I feel like. I feel like this is not necessarily something that I don't know. There's a lot of disagreement on that mm. guy. That it's it's better to be to be able to have better emotional connections with male friends. Mm. But I definitely think that there's there is negative stigma around it, and yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where that stemmed from. I think how did how did we all like kind of grow up in different ways, experience different relationships and different environments growing up, but all arrive at us at the same point where we all kind of feel that need to withdraw from male friends a bit more than we do from female friends or mm-hmm. or like that potential girl we get in a relationship with. And I, I just don't see how we can all arrive at a similar place. Hmm. Um, do you think it's uh, maybe historically where it's been um, portrayed as more of a feminine trait and especially historically um, males have seen that as, as being a weak kind of trait and that's maybe where it's, where it's led to. That's what I, how I would see that kind of poor outlook on it came from. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's a cultural thing and it, you could you could say it goes back to like the days when the men went out and hunted and the women stayed at home and like cooked whatever but i don't i don't think it's necessarily that old i think it may be something that was pushed in like at least in america i don't know so much about overseas but um in america i think that was really pushed in like the early to mid 1900s and just like Mm. the whole man up thing Mm. um and there was there was more of a uh a gender assignment shift when like from going to all babies wear white mm. to 
girls wear pink and guys wear blue like that was mm-hmm. that's a relatively recent thing like that's the last mm-hmm. hundred years or so yeah yep. um, so i i think it's possible that this kind of stuff also has like has ties to that mm. um and a lot of that's honestly a lot of that is just commercialism and people wanting to sell more stuff which yeah, yeah this is a really terrible effect if that is the cause yep yeah right totally. just screw screwing over society just to make a little bit of money you know <laughs> yep can't see. I'm not the surprised. Way the world. Fun, fun. <laughs> no, it's not a new story. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely right. not. Definitely not. I think the man up, uh, what you said, so um, you've, you wrote something down as well about manning up being, the, the phrase rather, man up being helpful or harmful. And um, that definitely, like you said, uh, early to mid 1900s and like I can definitely see that in grandparents and even father's generation, that, that phrase like man up, mm-hmm. you know, do you be able to change a tire, be able to, you know, lift heavy stuff man up you know overcome that adversity is that a helpful thing a harmful thing what do you guys reckon i think it can be a little bit of both um Mm -hmm. because like if you fall down and you scrape your knee and you start bawling about it that doesn't help the situation at all and it's not going to help your knee at all um so i think like a situation like that where it's a superficial thing i think it's okay to say man up um Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know if necessarily man up is the Mm -hmm. way to say it yeah yeah, maybe just like uh be strong or something like that tough enough yeah Mm. um but i think again associating it with masculinity it it makes it sound like women can't do it Mm. and i know a lot of really tough women (laughs) um so i feel like it's helpful to tell people to toughen up in some situations unhelpful in other situations where like if i have a real problem and you're my friend and i come to you and you're just like Eh, tough enough. Up, it's not yeah. that big a deal. That's <laughs> yeah. not helpful. Yeah. But um, but I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I have very mixed feelings about the whole man up thing because it seems rather rather ambiguous and like just whatever. It's part of the the nomenclature, part of the culture, whatever. But I don't I don't know. It seems like maybe that has some ties to kind of what we're talking about too. Mm, yeah. That's my two cents. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't really have much to add here. I, I agree with you 100% that the, when, you, when you make something about, it's, it, like I don't want to take it there, but like if you're assigning something to a gender or to a role or to a race and, and making it all about that, that one thing, you're excluding everybody that is not assigned to it. If you know what I mean, so when you say "man up," you're just you're 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 saying that like this is an inherently male trait when it's not, you know, and right. like something that you want men to display when actually you want humans in general to display that, you know, you right. want resilience and ability to persevere in tough situations from mm. everybody in the world, and yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm not well versed in where the whole where "man up" kind of started. It must have started somewhere, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I think it's it's not a great way to put it, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the cost of changing well, it to toughen up is probably relatively low compared to yeah, yeah. I know, I know, but like what, like, and I, I think that's the big the big debate, or like part of the big debate these days is like, should we be forcing these, uh, like these changes because it is leading us down like a bad path where men get like a negative stereotype for things 
should we be forcing the language changes? But that's like a huge whole other topic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we should have like legislation that says we can't say man up or something. No, 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 no. I know, yeah. I know. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting that either. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying that like, like that's yeah. kind of where it goes when you say like, oh, well, it's actually, I think yeah. we can all agree that it's probably not a good idea to be like, mm. to be saying to people, oh, man up in certain situations or that it's assigned to a specific gender. Yeah. Then yeah. the logical like opposite of that kind of thing is all right well we need to shut down people saying man, man yeah up. yeah yeah i get that i guess I it's think, more sorry I go think, ahead. oh sorry um i i was just gonna say i think it's part of just uh language changing as as time goes on yeah. language just does that so i think maybe we're more aware of it now yeah definitely because of the internet and also because this is such a a heated topic and people just get so mad about it and that's what <laughs> travels yeah. like wildfire on the internet yeah so I, yeah. I wonder if maybe that's why there's so much focus on it right now as yeah. opposed to some other things but yeah. i think it might just be language changing yeah and our, our perspectives about it and it totally yeah. depends how you approach it as well like if we can have a like a pretty civil discussion around it and and you know trying to explain a bit of why it could possibly be a derogatory statement or term that's great but if you if you just um label people as i don't know misogynist straight up um, which a lot of people do, then that's probably not as helpful and probably would not help out. Mr. Work, thanks for that Definitely. host. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, wait, I, I forgot wait to click um, host Fresh Plays Live. So I was like, oh, quick, better click that now. Um, yeah, I, I think that awareness is, it, language changing is where we're going, but um, it's, yeah, awareness is what helps to create those situations where we can change language and change the stereotypes and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's part of what this podcast is about, you know, is just like, I don't know, getting it that, that message and that talking about it and getting mm. it a little bit further and raising a little bit more awareness and having the conversation. So, exactly. Yeah. That's why we're Definitely. here, boys. But, I mean, just to um, roll into another topic here that it, it kind of flows on is that it's getting out there these messages are getting do you think it's positive that these messages are getting out there through some of the toxic masculinity gone viral kind of videos for example like the gillette commercial that just like went crazy mm. and i know a lot of guys took that very not badly but yeah there was definitely on, at least <laughs> online there was a, a, a big arc up to it huge backlash yeah, absolutely. yeah definitely yeah. Um, and and is yeah. that is that the way to go about it or should we be more reinforcing positivity rather than attacking mm. i think which it, it felt like what did oh, um, did it feel I, like attacking for you the gillette commercial i i mean i i i've said this last week that i kind of like i definitely go i flip one way and then i flip the other and mm. one day i'm uh, one one way one day i'm like oh man yeah, you're right. That did really bug me. And then the next day I'm like, eh, you know, it's just a commercial, you know, like well, yeah. what does it matter? But I think that when, I don't know, I, that, that's another topic entirely, but like when companies get involved trying to sell things based on <laughs> negative stereotypes yeah. about my gender, I definitely mm. think that I have a right to get annoyed mm. in, in some respect, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's incredibly patronizing when companies get involved in that kind of thing. And it's it's one thing for like a company to donate a bunch of money to a cause that they care about, but to just like jump on board this train so they can make money off it again. I, I think that 
again, they're they're doing more harm than good. Because mm-hmm. it's good to have some of that out there because it, it makes the conversation happen. Mm-hmm. It makes people talk about their different perspectives on it because it gets a response from you. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. I think the constant, like, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible, like, the way that it's been going, it's not a conversation starter anymore. It's just mm-hmm. the whole conversation. And I don't think that's how. Yeah. Um, I think some of that to bring awareness to a situation, to bring awareness to a problem that's actually happening, that's good because you can't fix a problem if you don't know it's there. Mm-hmm. But to just keep bashing people over the head with it, I don't think that's productive at all. Yeah. That, that's my take. I think the, um, the fact, so yeah, two things. I think the fact that it was a um, marketing thing for a razor blade company was really that just left like a bad taste in most people's mouths they're like oh like what are your motives here do you really care or are you just trying to make money and and to be honest they probably were trying to make money and to be honest it probably works because they got so much publicity out of it but i think the um the thing for me is that um people getting i thought so i saw the commercial and before i saw any like um responses from everyone i thought it was pretty good it showed like um these poor or toxic actions by by all by men and then it showed some like ways that you could remedy that or be a influencer positively as a man in your society and then um and i was i was like i was it made me really suspect of like why guys were getting really angry about it because i was like well yeah what's what's the reason i think and i think it's probably because if you're you know what's the way why would i say if you're to people who are privileged i guess equality sometimes feels like segregation or a big a big step down evening out the power kind of feels like someone's losing some yeah yeah kind of where you're going yeah exactly when you're in a position of privilege equality feels like you're you're going downwards i don't i like because like okay so i i definitely at at times was like like saner heads prevailed in my in my life over that Gillette commercial, but there was definitely times where I was like annoyed by it. But I, I'll be honest, I think it was more that they were using this such an important debate and such an important thing that's going on in this big shift in society and mm. huge amounts of change and huge amounts of young men that are growing up and trying to deal with this. Who like it's all very well for me to say this um, as a twenty nine year old who's who's had his life to be able to get used to and, and stabilize and whatever. But imagine like a 14 year old boy seeing that ad and, and being affected by it. And I think that for a company to take and, and, and I think I was most annoyed by the fact that it was, it was a company. It was the wrong way to do it. It's the wrong way to bring this conversation into the limelight is through selling power and trying to sell things, which. uh, Yeah. And I think, excuse my sarcasm, has it spot on. Mm. The outrage is the point. It's like PETA, they rely on outrage to give them free exposure. Going viral is the point. Mm. It's the same thing with like mm. um, like Colin Kaepernick and the whole kneeling during the national anthem. And there was a whole big thing about that. And there was a big boycott of Nike, but people like bought Nike stuff and they burned it, which isn't how a boycott works, but whatever. <laughs> um, what? But again, a situation where like Nike just hopped on board because they knew this was something that would get them lots of exposure and mm, make them yeah. lots of money. So I, I think that's maybe why Gillette did that, but mm. I don't think it was necessarily the right way to go about it. And so, I, I don't have a problem with the ad either, but I understand yeah. why some people do. Yeah. But would you, would you say that like, is there is there a better way to get this conversation to go viral and to to get it into people's minds? Because 
like as much as I hate that, it did spark several conversations in my life with guys mm. who I would never have had that conversation with yeah. ever. Yeah, this yeah. is true. Really, I think. This is true. And it was only because it blew up oh. because it, it sparked outrage and then it became viral and people were telling their friends about it and they were going to watch it and then everybody's seen it and everybody's talking about it. Like I had people at work asking me what my thought was. Like mm. I didn't even hear about it for like a week after it happened until someone was like, what were your thoughts on the Gillette commercial? Mm. And I had to actually go and find it. Yeah. I'm not like yeah. overly adverse to big corporations stepping into the realm of, well, kind of, I'm, I'm adverse to them stepping Social into etiquette. the realm of, well, like prescribing morals to society. It seems like that's, Maybe not where they should be, but raising awareness is probably the right thing to do. And I guess they they raised outrage, which raised awareness, made it go viral. It's uh, <laughs> works like in this beer. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry, I just had a sip then and was like, oh, I've yeah. been really caught up in the conversation. I but noticed I that just... you haven't had many sips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, but like, it's always it's always advertising. I think the only time I've really kind of seen it was um seen it not done where it's like advertising a product mm. was when it um there's there was these youtube ads a little while ago that were it was kind of like it's hard to describe and i i, I did try to find the ad on youtube but i just couldn't find it or like yeah. search, search up the ad but it, it was kind of like um a group setting around a dining experience out and the man is being is displaying very very like it to the extreme oh, toxic yeah, behavior yeah, yeah, yeah. that I have not seen. I have not seen that in my life <laughs> from anybody, you know, being like, like, um, like squeezing the waiter's bum and, and whatever. <laughs> and then the, the awkward silence around the, the table as everybody feels really uncomfortable for the waiter. And, and then it's like, you have this many seconds to speak up and no one says anything, you know, and then it just moves on. And it's like, I feel like I saw a different end, version just, of that. Where it was like, yeah, there's like, there's like several different versions. There's there's like 10 different versions of it. There's one where he's like, he's like, ha, ha, as if a woman could be a CEO. Uh, I I know, I don't know any person in my life that would say that. To be fair, I spent, I used, you work in hospitality. Do you work in a restaurant? I do. Okay. Um, I did that for eight years. I don't know what things are like over there in terms of restaurant and how waitstaff is treated, Mm -hmm. but that's not an uncommon thing here at all. Mm. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, to be to be honest, and I, I jotted it down so I wouldn't forget it. Sorry. Um, I actually encountered it at at work for one of the, the probably one of the first times mm. um, just recently, um, like a week ago, actually. There was a guy at the till who was like um, said to the team member or the, the girl that was on the till serving him. Um, uh, oh, it would be nice if you... Um, or like give us a smile kind of thing. And she just was like deadpan and was just like, why? And, and, well, and I, and I had, I'll be honest, I have not, even though I've been working, I've been working in hospitality for like six, six or so years. And I've not really, I've not really experienced anything even to that level. And that's like, not even that bad really. But right. I mean, it's, you know, it's right. still, it, she was obviously made uncomfortable by it, you know? Yeah. And, Mm. Well, and I think I think that kind of situation, like my personal take on that is if you're working in customer service, then you should be smiling for that reason, <laughs> not because you're prettier. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, but, I kind of agree, but yeah, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, 
but I, I have several friends. <laughs> <laughs> I have several friends though who have literally had their their bones grabbed, um, and yeah, have wow. been touched inappropriate inappropriately in other ways. Um, I've worked in restaurants where uh, we're open after the bars close at two a.m. and all the wasted guys come in and they just think it's okay to do things that it's not okay to do, mm. and. Um, I, I definitely think that depends on, you know, where you live, what kind of restaurant it is, all that good stuff. Mm. But, um, I, I definitely can a hundred percent confirm that is a thing that does happen. Mm. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, right. but, mm. And I guess, but well, then, we're talking about it and we yeah. won't do it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, right. yeah so I, I don't, yeah, guys, I'll stop now. Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um i guess like i think that um so so let's roll i think maybe can we roll into like what um in that situation can you potentially do as a guy um, like a bystander guy as a guy like yeah Yeah. like imagine you're in that situation and and um a female friend of yours gets a female friend gets her bum grabbed you know i I mean we're kind of i don't know are we off topic a little bit but i'm not sure it's good it's good no because like this is still... this is considered toxic male behavior. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we've right. we've definitely gone down that yeah. toxic masculinity path. But yeah. like, um, what what can a guy do in that situation? Because I've I've been in that situation where um someone has been uh, a friend of mine was called a slut uh, after TOS, a very drunk TOS. night out. Oh. Yeah, sorry. And uh, a lot of people, um, a lot of people, kind of arced up at that and jumped to her defence physically, mm. which I, I definitely know from. I, I didn't jump to the physical side of things. Mm. I kind of tried to end the physical side of things because I knew that it just wasn't going to work. Mm. Like, how can how can you positively help that situation? Mm. I guess. I, I'm, yeah, I think I think the best thing you can do in that situation is um, verbally, not physically, <laughs> uh, unless you know, unless your friend is in danger, in which case you mm. you know, it's not wrong to jump in physically. I don't think, mm. but um, assuming that it was something comparatively speaking rather innocuous, like getting grabbed in the butt, as opposed to like pulled in for a wet sloppy kiss that you don't want or something like that. Mm. Um, I think the most important thing you can do is just say something and say, Hey dude, that's not okay. Mm. That is 100% not okay. And you should not be doing that. Mm. And I will not let you do that to my friend because a, that lets the person know that they did something wrong because someone who's not involved in the situation saw it Mm. and said, no, that's not okay. And B that your friend knows that you're there for them Mm. because something happened and at least you said something about it. Like starting a fight over it, it's probably only going to make things worse. Mm. And it's definitely not going to change the other person's mm. mind. But if you just say, hey, dude, don't do not do that. That's not acceptable. Mm. Then they know they did something wrong and your friend yeah. knows that you're standing with them. So that that's what I think you should do in that situation. Yeah. Fresh. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it comes down to um, like, well, obviously, most people intrinsically know why it's wrong to be acting that way. But then a lot of... Um, silly arguments that i hear about it would be like well what if a what if a girl does that to a guy is that okay and, and clearly it's not but um it seems to happen a lot more uh with guys doing it to girls and i think it's got to do with the um whole power um dynamic i guess which yeah. we can go into but predatory behavior yeah yeah 
Yeah. So where did, so then where does that stem from? Because I like nothing, I like nothing in my life that I can potentially see has ever led me down the path of wanting to do any of that kind of stuff or, mm. or feeling like a predator or anything like that. So mm, good. Yeah, good. I, I just, when, when, when I hear about someone that would just go and grab someone's bum and I, I'm not trying to like get on my like moral high horse here and be like, oh, well, I would never would do, that. do that. But yeah. like, I just, I, I, I struggle to see the connection. I don't, I can't see myself ever having learned anything in my life that would ever lead me to think that was acceptable. Mm. I think a lot of that comes down to your environment. Um, and fresh, uh, you you work with kids. Mm. I assume you also talk to their parents. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Would you would you say that kids that I, I don't want to say problem kids, but kids that have problems, maybe? Mm. Um, would you say that their parents are typically more or less willing to have those conversations and actually try to do something to fix it, yeah. or are they more like, and eh, no, he's fine? Yeah, no, kids like kids like you said, kids are really very interesting because they're like a blank canvas they kind of just believe and are molded in the way that their role models which are usually their parents will um mold them so um you go and see see parents and you're like yeah, that's exactly why our kids that way um and it will be yeah i mean they just they just kind of adopt views or activities that their parents would be more inclined to act in yeah uh, like I think that it comes down a lot to parenting and the standards that you set as a parent. Because mm. mm-hmm. I like as much as I said earlier that m- me and my dad might not have been very chatty and talkative, but I definitely had an, an example set for me, a role model that yeah. was someone that I could model myself off that would never display those kind of behaviors. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and I think that I, I think that a lot of things, not just masculinity, come down to the kind of parents that you get mm. that are willing to actually step up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm the parent here. Mm. And that is not acceptable yeah. behavior. And mm. there's a, there's a, there was an ad, there's a famous ad in Australia that went around woke you, uh, sorry, woke <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Run on sentences. Uh, yeah. Uh, fresh. <laughs> um, you probably remember the ad where it's like um, the boy is like pushing the girl. Yeah. 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 And and then the mum comes over and is like, oh, he must, he just likes you. He just likes you, yeah, yeah. You know, and then the ad goes like, hey, don't do this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it, it was, it, and and I, what I got away from that ad was, like, some people treat it as like, yeah, like, oh, boys shouldn't be doing that. Mm. But what I took away from that ad is, yeah, parents, like, buck mm. up. Yeah. You know, yeah. buck up and take responsibility in that situation. If you're telling your kid, oh, that boy likes you. And not going to that kid, that boy's parents, and being like, "You need to talk to your son about he just pushed my daughter over." Mm. Like, parent. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. I see this. I see that. Oh, Amen. I see this so much in the world. In hospitality, fresh. You've probably got another take on this, but in hospitality, the whole just absentee parents mm. and letting their kids run wild and, mm. and have oh, tantrums yeah. about the silliest things that man, I would never have been allowed to. <laughs> ever get away with yeah. when i was a kid no yeah, way yeah you know it's true we're living in like and, this and interesting time of this like ridiculous generational gap caused by technology and we've always had a generational gap definitely but it, it feels like it's mm. getting wider because of the stuff available to kids at such an early age well they've got the, the world of information available to them so this gap is just being created because parents are not as well versed in technology as they are and um and yeah, oh, yeah. it creates heaps of problems 
Um, my I was just gonna say my friend's five year old daughter has an iPad. Yeah. He's about yeah, exactly. I, I, my my niece literally the other day was like uh woke like uh not woke she didn't say woke yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know me as woke but she was like um she was like hey woke. like pictures like do you want to take a picture because like obviously we take cute pictures with her and it was all a ploy because she knows that once i unlock my phone she can you know do a couple of swipes she's two years old do a couple of swipes and find youtube where she knows what? the wiggles are on as a two-year-old, as a two-year-old, that's and I was, insane. I was blown away, and like literally, and like I talked to, I talked to my sister, and she, she was like, oh, I don't think she watches that much. I think she's just <laughs> literally noticed that we use our phones and how we use our phones. Yeah, and like a couple of times we've let her watch Wiggles on YouTube, and she's figured that out, and she's two years old. Wow. So like technology, a hundred percent, is like just changing the world. Yeah, and the way we learn and the way we parent and the way we experience things and i mean i mean leaning back into masculinity you see that with like there's so many so so many sexist memes mm. yeah out there oh yeah you yeah. know yeah and and how our our younger generation growing up in this huge meme swell culture i guess i don't know mm. really what to call it mm. um and how when when you've got things that the internet has just got some very very dark dark deep and dark places <laughs> where these things come from i yeah, guess yeah. and it's impossible to stem the flow it's really hard to regulate um, what kids look at on the internet as well really really hard did did you guys hear about this whole um bell delphine thing no uh I, I know who hospital? bell delphine is okay yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna try and not do anything that would violate to us in describing this but <laughs> it's about it she she said that if she got uh so many follows or likes or whatever that she would put a video up on pornhub wow. and she wow. did and it was just a video of her playing with stuffed cats i think or something like i, I just read the story i didn't track the video down but <laughs> yeah, um good. there was a ton of outrage from like 12 13 14 year old boys who were so mad at her and like sending death threats and stuff because she tricked them. Oh I think she deserves goodness. a Gamer of the Year award because that's like the best I mean, troll ever. It's a good troll. Right, well but, played. Got who, all the likes. Got who all is the Belle Delphine? Got all the subs. Who is she? Um, she's a cosplayer. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. That's Good job. Good summary. Um, but uh, I, I think that is representative of what we were just talking about. Like yeah. not necessarily a meme. But um, internet culture just being so wrapped up in like you are something that is there for me to consume. Mm. Like you, you aren't a person. You are a product that like you owe me. You mm. got to deliver, or I'm just like I don't care about you at all. Mm, and I yep. feel like that that goes both ways. But I feel like it's more prevalent um, both online and just like in real life uh, mm. with the male view of women and it's mm. i don't know that i i'm saying that i don't know that i'd stand behind that 100 percent, but it's kind of where my oh, yeah. thought is going no i'd go i'd say um, like um especially like on the topic of internet pornography and like taking the just taking the moral aspect completely out of it just thinking completely practically it's such a huge problem for young boys it's it's hectic mm -hmm. just the the like the the way that the way that they see women and the the violence that is often in these videos is just uh yeah. perpetuates these really bad ideas 
and you, you reckon that that definitely contributes to like these like leading a man down the path of being toxic or like yeah well it, it contributes to how younger i mean the where i'm i suppose i'm talking about the context of young relationships mainly it definitely yeah um right. you hear plenty about young girls who are expected to do things that are just um well beyond their age i guess is the best well, way to say it i I am not a young woman and I never have been. Mm. Um, I probably never will be, ah, but, mm. <laughs> but, um, might be an old woman. One day. I, <laughs> I also <laughs> think that some of that, uh, is, is not just on the male side, but because like if a girl goes and watches porn to mm. figure out what sex mm, is supposed yeah, yeah. to be like, yeah. then mm. she just thinks that's the situation that like, exactly. that's, that's what a relationship is. Mm. So yeah, right. I think it, it doesn't necessarily just affect guys. I think it, um, mm. just perpetuates that culture yeah that's and it. it's not a healthy one yeah i mean i only obviously talk to guys about it young guys rather it'd be weird for me to talk to young girls about it so yeah. um that's where that's where my experience yeah. is in that <laughs> Good. i feel like i feel like i might have um dominated a little bit of the topics there definitely took us down the road of male male toxicity when it comes to women and that kind of thing um i know that fresh you want to you want to talk a little bit more about like how we like as as older men and i guess i know having our lives a little bit more together i guess and and feeling like we're a bit more on top Mm. of our masculinity and and what it means and what's positive in it and what's negative in it how uh what our role is when it comes to setting an example to these younger boys and and yeah yeah, 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 I know that you really wanted yep. to talk about that. So I can see very clearly that we're um, super responsible as older guys to set a good example. Like we're talking about parents before. Um, it's it's astounding. We're like we're like a, a loaded gun basically in front of young guys, and, uh, and if we do the wrong thing, and if we set up these really poor um, ways of uh, thinking and doing things, then it's just it's really irresponsible of us. And um, the interesting thing between because we talk a lot about um, adult um toxic masculinity and um i guess i'm talking about like responsible role models so that's where you can think about that but then thinking about young boys and that was my second point i guess um i I see way more so like a a group of five young boys the difference between what a group of five young boys is going to do compared to what one young boy is going to do is just crazy so um Mm -hmm five young boys they have and i don't know if this is an australian thing so you can definitely speak into this too of but the um our culture especially like the guys the way we get along we do like a little bit of a little bit of what would you call it jousting a little bit of teasing a little bit of you know one-upping yeah. here and there which is which is um to an extent called for and i often like talk to guys about where that's appropriate and where where you need to stop and that kind of thing but um i mean five young boys will get together and like cats on fire like they're just it's just it's just hectic the stuff that they'll do and that's that's where things can be really toxic is it like that in the u.s that's definitely not that is not just an australian thing. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> um and i think maybe part of that comes from uh like if you, if you just one-on-one with someone um there's no outside social expectation for you to do one thing or another mm, mm. um whereas if you're in a group it's it's almost like with the like one-upping and like little bit of you know joshing around back and forth and name calling whatever like mm. it's it's understood once you get older that that's just joking around mm, yeah. but when you're younger 
that's that's the way that you like push for pole position yeah yeah like someone's yeah. got to be the leader of the group and that person gets to decide what you're going to do and everybody looks up to them yeah totally and different people in the group are going to want to hold that spot mm -hmm. so i think that maybe that's where some of that comes from is just like well if i'm just here with my one friend then that's fine but like if i'm here with my one friend and then uh the girl i like walks past like i'm gonna beat up my friend to show her how tough i am mm, yeah, yeah yeah like it's yeah. not it, it's not so much that that person like that kid who decides he's gonna beat up his friend is a bad person it's just the wrong response to that situation mm, yeah but i think um i think there is social pressure to prove that you are tough mm. if you're yeah. a guy mm. and so, yeah. um if you can't take the name calling then you're not tough enough. Mm, mm, so that's what people will say yeah I, yeah. What were you gonna say, Luke? Uh, so, at what point does that like? At what point do we like? We obviously talk about maturity and and we kind of grow out of these things. At what point do we are we old enough to be able to realize that this one-upmanship and this vying for pole position is not something we do? Is that is that something that's like kind of inherently in us because of the fact that at, at our base level we are reproductive animals i guess <laughs> vying for the mate <laughs> yeah so like I, I don't know like i just yeah. i feel like like i mean you you specifically mentioned the scenario where like there's a girl that walks past and i've i've, I've been in that situation seven times several times growing up where like i seven, seven exactly <laughs> seven. I, counted them. I, I listed no them no yeah less. i wrote down the list just before um, where we're um, in high school, where there's a female present, and I mean, actually, not even just in high school, in in like in, what, into my twenties, where there's someone there that I I want to impress in some way, but I mean, as you grow older, that displays. I guess I'm not displaying in as a toxic way, but I've I've seen that situation where a kid is beaten up on some other kid just because some girl was around, mm. you know, yeah. and. Wait, I completely lost where I was going. Well, I, <laughs> seven, I think seven. it started out with, um, is this, is this just work. part of the human condition? Yeah, I yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say, you know? Like, we, think, we are beasts at heart, you know? I think to some extent it's fair to say that, um, especially if you look at nature and you look at, like, the different posturing and thing and, and, like, different fights for mates, stuff like that that happens in nature. I think there's an argument to be made there. But I think there's also an argument to be made that it's our responsible or it's our responsibility as uh, intelligent creatures who are self-aware to make things better for each other. And that mm. doesn't make things better for each other. Mm. So I, I think you could say that comes from like a primal place, but I don't think that's a good enough argument to let it happen mm, or let yeah. it continue to happen. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, it might be natural behavior, but it's still behavior that can be shifted. You yeah. Know? It's yeah, important correct. to be in like it's it's important and it's easier for adults too because we've learnt these skills of being resilient and just general social uh, intelligence, I guess you'd say. So we know when somebody we can usually tell a lot better than younger people when somebody's a bit upset or has taken things the wrong way. So um and a lot of the work that I do with young boys is trying to help them build resilience because you know unless there's extremes where boys won't be able to take any banter at all and they'll overreact completely and make things really a lot worse for themselves. So that's yeah. that's when it's a, a bad thing good but we still like even in our um what's our group chat work where we, we just like we it's almost constant banter and oh, to my knowledge you're not hurt <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but, um, no no and but like yeah have but you I feel ever like, asked <laughs> yeah have you yeah. are you okay oh no 
yeah, no, like, uh, but yeah, it's just such a fine line to, to, to tread, you know, because mm. you've got to, I don't know, it is it's such an ingrained part of male relationships, that banter, I feel, mm. you know, and, and like, do we need to ask ourselves why? And if it's, if it really is healthy, you know, and then you've got, I guess the flip side of it is I look at quite a lot of female relationships and I go, man, I want no part of that. Wait, what? You know? Do they have banter? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like n- not banter oh. and like, like cattiness and, and, uh, okay. Okay. you know, if you're looking yes. at that, like female that when you go over to the other side and I think, I think that actually, sorry, sorry to kind of like digress a little bit here, but that is a good tell for the fact that this is, it's more to do with human toxicity is the fact that there is another side to when you're looking at male toxicity, if you look over on the female side as well and some of their relationships and especially in high school and growing up, there is some ridiculous toxicity there. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. And, and that tells me that there's, it's just toxic, toxic behavior in general that we need to try to stamp out and Mm. stop being like, this is male and this is a men thing. Mm. Like, it's not okay to do these things. Mm, yeah. yeah good I point. guess. I think the reason that I, I tend to think of it, or at least in terms of this conversation, I wanted to talk about male masculinity, male masculinity, mm-hmm. <laughs> toxic yeah, yeah. masculinity <laughs> as opposed to just toxicity in general, is just yeah. because we are all guys. Mm, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's yep. the only Yeah, we don't, that like yeah, we don't have this. Young white guys talking but, about things. <laughs> 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 Let that, me tell you yeah. how it is, women. <laughs> that is not to say that I believe that men are the only ones who can be toxic because yeah, there's definitely mm. stuff that goes on, on the other side. That's, yeah. that's yes. good to yeah. point out. Good point. Good but point. I just, I don't want to, personally, I don't want to speak too much yes. for yeah. the no, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a valid point to say that it does happen on both sides and it's it's not called feminine toxicity in mm. the same way that it's called ma- or masculine. Toxic, toxic masculinity. masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it, it's called. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> and it is, yeah. and, it is <laughs> and it is a similar situation where where sometimes that that toxicity does lead into later life. And mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I I'm playing mixed netball at the moment, and I can tell you right now that <laughs> you're playing what the mixed, mixed net- netball. Wait, you guys don't have much netball in America. You don't. Ha- you honestly, oh, it's netball. so strange. Netball. Yeah. No. Do you, you have it a little bit netball? Uh, that well, what. What it's like bas- it's, it's what is netball? Wow, yeah. it's like, it's so um, funny that so like I, I hear that and I think basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like what's... it's like basketball, except you um, can't dribble. You have to stop when you catch the ball. Okay. And there's no backboard. Have you seen that? Okay. And, and, seen and that? it's zoned a bit, so you have to remain in your zone. That's so interesting. How America doesn't have netball? Hey, work like yeah, that's it mental. just seems like something yeah, you grew up with. It's crazy. Sorry to go off topic, but whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's a it's a predominantly female dominated sport. So like mm. when when you're in high school and and growing up in school, it's it's um, there's there's girls play it, guys don't play it. There's no mm. guys teams. Do there's, do guys play basketball instead of netball? Or is a lot of not guys really who play yes. basketball might transfer over to netball if they want to play with girls and play in a mixed team. Yeah, yeah, okay. but there's there's very few mixed netball teams. In, mm. I mean, it, actually, you probably know a little bit more about this fresh mm. um, in terms of like schooling. Like when yeah. I was in school, there was yeah. definitely no. It's seen as a girl sport, teams. basically. Yeah. yeah, it's seen as a girl sport. And it's... and I, I'm telling you right now that that sport is, 
man, one of the most vicious sports I've played. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This sounds more and more like softball to me. Yeah. Um, like I, think, I think, I think, yeah, yeah great, great parallel. Baseball. I think a good parallel so is American I, softball. Yeah. Mm. Like I, baseball I mean, I have softball, a friend basketball, netball. whose sister was a pitcher yeah, and yeah. she, uh, you know, you, you don't wear anything over your face as the pitcher. That's the catcher, right? Yeah. So somebody hit a line drive and it went straight back and yeah. hit her right here Oof. and broke her orbital. Oh, wow. Like, softballs are not soft. No, no, they're, they're not. A little bit they're not at all. Baseball, Gee. But it's, that's another vicious sport, right? Yeah. It can be. It yeah. Matter. Yep. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, netball, netball's got maybe a little bit more uh, skin on skin contact. That's not the right way to say that. Like physicality. Yeah, like him. It, yeah. <laughs> it's up. very similar yeah. to basketball <laughs> Yeah. in a few ways yeah. yeah it's it's a contact sport yeah 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 <laughs> okay it's not classified my, my as contact sport like basketball i'm not, telling but, you yeah. but it but yeah, it but it is, yeah. But i'm telling you right yeah. now my ribs can until can, can <laughs> uh, contact sport for sure <laughs> yeah yeah um, so, but um, you're, yeah. you're right you're right we don't i don't you're right it does kind of confirm that it's it's more this kind of this what we're talking about confirms that it's more human toxicity that we're mm. that we're talking about and it is human toxicity and i don't think that it should be labeled as male toxicity and you know what i'm i'm just sitting here thinking about the differences and it seems and maybe this i'm just throwing this out there maybe this is completely over generalization but and i know there is studies mm. into it how the difference between how men and women get their aggression out and how men are very overt and uh verbally or physically aggressive and a women um, don't tend to act out their aggression in that way. So it seems to be a bit more, what's the right way to say it? Not underhanded. That seems, that sounds not so good, but kind of like that. So maybe the overt aggression um, then is seen so much more and labeled as toxic masculinity. And maybe that's a, that's a part of why we, we see men as being toxically aggressive. Is that like, are you kind of like comparing it to the fact that you've got in the world, there's introverts and extroverts, you know, and in, in a social situation, even though those introverts are there, when people walk away, they remember the extroverts because mm. they were the ones that were loud and, yeah. and in yep. your face. Yep. And it's a similar thing because yep. we get rid of our, what did you say? I can't remember, but like, like aggression or, or yeah. whatever. Vent get rid of aggression in, in a very more, a more loud, verbal, mm. maybe a bit violent kind of yeah. pushy, shovey way. That is what people remember and lock mm. onto rather it's than- more yeah. Rather yeah. than the flip side where it might be a little bit more downplayed and underhanded. Yeah. I, wait, I don't want to assign that to the female it's, gender. Yeah, that but sounds like, like a bad word. It's, it's right. But, <laughs> so, they, yeah. but like I remember going through uni and, the, and they talk about studies about friendships between especially younger people, which once again, are pretty good, like a blank canvas for how we tend to do things. And, and, the, and the young boys have big fights and girls don't often get in physical or uh, fights like that. They just um, will, mm. will be like exclusive or something different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good um, point. I mean, I like that uh, oh. way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that there, hmm, I think as far as the term toxic masculinity, I think there are masculine traits that are recognized as more masculine mm. um, and traits that are recognized as more feminine. And I, I don't think that necessarily we need to keep it that way. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like like what you guys were just saying um there are certain ways that men's men will be toxic and there are certain mm. ways that women will be toxic yep. and then there's certain ways that everybody's toxic definitely so i i think that there is like there's kind of like a venn diagram there going on yeah yeah where like oh, good. men might be mm. more physically aggressive and that's masculine toxicity 
um, women might be more catty and mm. I, I can't think of a better word than underhanded now, but, yeah. um, <laughs> Damn they, it, I started this. you know, or, or exclusive or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that would be a version of feminine toxicity, but mm. then like, I don't know, um, just like stealing money from someone's wallet yeah. is just, like, that's not. Yeah. something related to gender at all that's just mm. toxic behavior or even just calling people names so, um I'm, I'm i hear plenty yeah. of girls do that and and boys so yeah definitely huge crossover. So i think there's some i think there's some of each and then there's a lot of crossover mm. yeah. yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah and i think that i think that we need to as a i guess a society and and, and we've touched on this already but just to like really drive it home we need to figure out what is that crossover bit and stop misassigning it and stop yeah. saying hey you're doing this because you're a guy stop mm. it you know because mm. yep. that's not start, why and, they're doing yeah exactly yeah. and start saying yeah. dude or like start saying stop doing what you're doing mm. as a human you know like you're because you, that is a terrible okay. thing to do yeah 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 yeah, yeah definitely speaking um, about in intrinsic differences woke what was your you have a point here and you put Jordan Peterson at the end. Uh, and I have yeah, such yeah, a yeah, okay. love-hate relationship with Jordan Peterson yeah, that I want to know too. what you're talking about. Me too. <laughs> well, um, I was just trying to like, so he, I, 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 there was a little bit of a phase there um, where like when he first kind of blew up where I was like, I watched a few of his things, you know, <laughs> and he kind of like, he kind of said, um, he was talking about how, and, and we kind of touched on it, on it a little bit earlier about how, we as a species evolved and he was saying that there's these inherent kind of differences, not necessarily in the way of, um, in the way of like, Oh, like I'm a man and I'm muscle, I've got muscle, more muscle mass and whatever. But in terms of like how we developed because we are, and this is where you said, uh, what you said, Mr. Everett's like the hunter gatherer thing, you know, and, mm. and because of that growing up and, but you, you did pose an interesting point that like it's in the last couple of hundred years, um, we've seen like a very big uptake in this male versus female kind of thing. And it kind of counteracts what he really says quite a lot of the times in terms of what I wrote down in the notes that you're referring to fresh, uh, which is why I haven't actually brought it up. Mm. Um, is that, yeah, he, he says that there's, there's these inherent things in us that we, we, have evolved into, I mm, guess. And mm. men are inherently, you know, like macho and <laughs> wanting to be the protectors because that's what we used to do. And that's what we <laughs> had to do to protect our offspring. Standard Peterson. Good old Peterson. Yeah. Which is why I kind of like, I didn't, I kind of just left that. I wasn't, Did, I wasn't actually going to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Is that all? That was his, that um, was the point about him. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I did kind of tie in there that like um, that our emotional resist resilience that we've talked about that like that that kind of thing where you say man up that um, hmm. is quite often mistaken for apathy, which is where you're like, oh, this person doesn't care mm. about what they're doing, and why is it that in those situations quite often it's like, oh, like it's because he's a man. You know mm. that he's a man. He doesn't care. You yeah, know, he's yeah. a man. He he's 
he's reserved and withdrawn from the situation. But just because you're withdrawn from the situation and you're not sharing your feelings and openly and talking with everybody doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you don't feel the same things, yeah. you know, but yeah. quite often I've had, I've been in those situations where people mistake my emotional resilience and me being like, look, I need to be strong for this person and, and provide someone for them to lean on and confide in, in this moment for you don't care about me. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've personally experienced that, you know, mm. and yeah. yeah I have two. Um, mm. um, I think that a lot of the reason, and I think this kind of t- ties into what you were saying about like what Peterson said about uh, differences that have been built into us over generations and everything, just like mm. physiologically. I think one of the reasons that that idea is so prevalent is because it's easy. Mm. Um, it's, it's an easy explanation instead of having to actually dig into it and try and solve the problem. So it's, it's kind of like brushing things under the rug, so to speak. Um, and it's, it's just kind of got that snowball effect where like you, you are being emotionally resilient. You are trying to take care of yourself. People think that you don't care because you're too focused on trying or not to, but like you are intensely focused on trying to make sure that you're okay Mm. and not put that on other people like we were talking about before like you don't want to be an energy sponge and just like offload all of your crap onto people all the time yeah mm, yeah um yeah. so i think maybe that's part of it too yeah yeah Definitely. i think so it's yeah just being just the that's like yeah just a bit too easy that's that's like yeah standard peterson i i love him but i <laughs> but he like he says all these things that are just like brilliant um descriptive statements but then like it like and then you kind of led to go somewhere with the thinking but he never tells you specifically where where you go well i think i think i came to a point where i i i started to appreciate him not necessarily for what he's saying mm. which is not a good place to be mm. in terms of i don't know what he called like what he calls himself like a pseudo philosopher or something but like um in terms i'm the of, one with the philosophy yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah right back off jp um yeah. But like in terms of the fact that by providing the opposite, he's definitely going down that route of the opposite side of this debate being like, no, like stop attacking men, you know, Mm. by taking that route, he is furthering the discussion. He is creating something for the other side to kind of fight against and raising the status of the conversation and bringing it to the forefront of what we're talking about in today's society, which is important. You know, and, and I, I definitely started appreciating him more for what he was doing there rather than actually what he was saying. Creating an army of I, angry young men. <laughs> my my right. favorite thing that I've ever heard him say is like when he's asked, why do you think that like 95% of your audience is white men? <laughs> His response is, well, like 70% of the people who use YouTube, who uh, watch things on YouTube are men. So <laughs> yeah. it's, that's why. That's why it's men. It has yeah. nothing to do with the fact that, like, <laughs> I'm excusing all of this toxic behavior because it's just what men do. Yeah. It's because yeah. 70% of YouTube users are men. Yeah. Yeah. What? He's very, um, <laughs> he's very crafty in the way he'll speak to because he, and like, yeah, he'll, he'll, um, he'll go to a point where he will never, never make the normative claim ever. And people will try and, 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 it, and it, you can see it really frustrates interviewers too because they try and, like, they're like, 
what are you saying? And then he's like, no, oh, I didn't say that. And then, and then they're like, oh, you didn't yeah, say that. Yeah, he's like, don't try to lock me don't in Don't try box. and say that, yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I love lots of the stuff he says. What well, I think his psychology stuff is amazing, maybe unparalleled at the moment in terms of public people. But then we have this interesting thing where you have these people who are really good. And like Sam Harris too is really good at like mindfulness and um, his neuro stuff is amazing. But then they step into this like philosophical and then political realm, which they're not really super well versed in yeah and so that's where it becomes like yeah i don't know yeah but that 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 is a that's like a trap for you know young men oh yeah you know i think absolutely yes you know and to to Um, to latch on to someone who is very sorry um who is very i don't know he gives off a very masculine vibe you know and he 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 seems to have his life all together you know and it's it's very easy to be sucked down that path of Oh, this is what I should be like, and this guy knows what he's doing, and and mm. I'm just going to model my life on everything he says. Mm. Yep. Are you guys familiar with the concept of Occam's razor? It rings a bell. Yep. Is Maybe that, okay. refresh us. Yeah, yeah. Um, refresh, that, refresh the chat. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That needs of course. To know. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so just just for the chat, because these guys are so well. Because yeah, we know. Um, <laughs> Occam's razor is basically uh, it's a philosophical idea that states that it's most likely that the simplest explanation is the right explanation. Mm. And I Mm. think that that, that argument gets taken too far with a lot of these, especially like with YouTube videos and Mm. things like that, Mm. where people like they have to take a really strong stance on something Mm. and try and get their message out so that they don't just kind of like fade in with everything else. And I think that's part of what he does is he just finds the simplest argument that he can. And then, he'll expound on it too far Hmm. and i think i think that's why i don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he says is because like he starts out from a place of genuine like i think this is like a real fact and i might agree with that Hmm. but then he just takes it off in different directions because see that it's the easiest explanation Hmm. and really a lot of the time i don't think it is and the trap with that um like you were saying before is that the initial part is like amazing wisdom so people are like wow okay he's he's got this down and then we you start to believe a person after a while and, and then you start to believe everything they say and then and then you yeah, mm-hmm. go on with that yep yeah Definitely. good All but right. I, I agree that he, he does have some good points you know and he oh, and, yeah. and he's in terms of like the what like not to go off topic this is a bit away from masculinity but in terms of what he can uh the self-help side of things where he's like you know get your house together and get your work together which is like his get your life together before you start like trying to influence other people's lives yeah yeah yeah. you know like yeah that's um, the psych side good general advice yeah yeah, Yeah, yeah. just great advice that's like like, um, so many years of clinical psyche like that's amazing that stuff he just steps into a weird realm of politics that i don't know if is i don't particularly agree with all the stuff he says it's there. making him a lot of money it's true it's true oh, yeah, no, yeah why would you stop <laughs> no, just stop. yeah exactly yeah. But um, he's actually said that too it's yeah. like uh, yeah. i'm just gonna ride this wave while i'm on yeah. it i guess yeah, yeah definitely definitely just doing a whole lot of harm along with a little bit of <laughs> um yeah, i saw not. that you had in here as well um in our notes that um a little bit about older generations and um how some of those the ideas and ideals are passed down to us from them and are still sort of being passed down to them did you want to talk a little bit about what you were talking about there so um in america at least one of the most masculine things that you can do is and that's not why i did it i wanted to fly helicopters but uh, I actually did not end up in the military. I went to officer candidate school for the Marines. Um, so it's 
Mm. It's uh, you can either do two seven week sessions, uh, like two summers following one following the other, or you can do it all at once weeks. Um, but that's like your version of basic as an officer. So I was there for three weeks and then it was not the right place for me and I left. Um, but yep. uh, when I was there, um, there was one staff sergeant in particular. Uh, the other guys were pretty good about it. Our company commander was awesome. But one of the people in charge of our platoon, like our group of 50 people that we were training, um, he would use a lot of different analogies that were just pure forms of toxicity. <laughs> so like the, the one example that really sticks out in my mind is um, when you grab a rifle, uh, you basically you grab it like you mean it, right? So like if this is my rifle, when I come up, um, and this is for like uh, like doing this in formation, um, so everybody's doing it at the I same know. time and yep. same pace. So when you when you're gonna go grab for it, you come up like that and you grab the buttstock, right? So his analogy for that is it's like when you're reaching up a girl's skirt to pull her pants. Mm. And wow. I told him that's that's not something that I'm <laughs> cool with you saying. Yeah, you told and him he was that. Like, well, tough. I'm in charge. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, not not in front of everybody, but yeah. I I talked to him afterward, and I was like, "Dude, what the? F- yeah, what? <laughs> that's not okay." Um, yeah. so that was that's one example that really stuck with me, and that that honestly is a big part of why I didn't end up in the military because being on base and being there, like obviously training, they're gonna haze you, and it's it's rougher and everything, but I just didn't want to be in a culture that was that toxic. And it was all about who can who can push for pole position and who can treat the other person worse and blah blah blah. And I don't think it's all, it's like that throughout all of the military, but I think a lot of it is, especially mm-hmm. um, before deployment, like when you're in training and things like. That. Um, so that was one thing that just really stuck with me. And uh, another thing, um, I did a short stint in car sales. Yep. Um, that's a family thing. Like my, my grandpa owned a dealership. My uncle still does it. So I was like, I'll give it a shot mm. and decided I didn't really like it. Um, it wasn't because of this, this instance in particular, but, um, this was one of the things that seemed the same. It seemed very familiar. Um, cause it was like five years after the military thing, but, uh, my boss would like sit us down at the end of the day and all of the sales guys and, uh, tell us things like um, you need to keep asking for more money, even if they say no, just like you would if there's that one really cute girl at the bar who you really want to take home for the night. <laughs> like you're just going to keep asking her until she says yes. Yeah, right. And I was just like, that's not a thing that people should do. If she says yeah. no, you're that's like, enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my, my, or my take on that would be, all right, well, she's not interested. I'm going to go find someone who is, right. which to me makes more sense in terms of sales because I don't want to <laughs> try and sell something to someone who doesn't want to buy it. I'm yeah. going to go find somebody who does. Yeah, exactly. So, but, mm-hmm. but again, there's that mentality of like, you just keep doing this until she agrees. Just like wear her down. Mm. Yeah. And, and, it, and that was the example that was gee, right. Yeah. So. yeah, right. And is that like, um, and and what you're trying to get at is that like that is a, an older generation's kind of thing, and they've been influenced by a different level of, I guess, masculine relationships and masculine stereotypes than we have, yeah. and 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 even and if we can see such a drastic change in their point of views from like 
I don't know how old those guys that were teaching you, probably like 20 years older than you, you know, uh, or something like yeah, that. that. The military guy was only like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the well, the yeah. car sales guy was like 20, but, mm. but yeah. Um, and, it, it but yeah, old, yeah, right. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely something that I, I mean, it's not just masculinity, you know, that that's something that like Absolutely. older generations grew, they grew up in a completely different time with different yep. stereotypes and different problems and different norms. Mm. And they perpetuate that every now and then in conversations and stuff like that. And, and I, yeah, it's, it's always such a shocking thing when someone says it, you know, when like, um, mm. when someone's like, oh, like I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about dating her, just fooling around a little bit, you know, like just right. get on it, you know, and, mm. and not necessarily saying that that's toxic or like bad, but like, um, yeah, that some of the things they come out with are just not something that we would say these days. Mm. Right. I was, yeah. um, I put down as well, um, like to me, a lot of the time I see it cause I coach a lot of, um, sport is with um, parents and the idea of good sportsmanship. And I think and I, was, I was trying to think about it a lot and um, I heard Joe Rogan talking about it as well, about um, how a lot of boys don't, and this is a little bit about what you're saying, a lot of boys don't learn how to graciously lose. So they, they will keep asking even if the answer is no. And, um, yep. and, and like I remember that being um, playing soccer as, like a, as, a, as a kid when I was really young um, and there, we had this kid on the team who was like, who was just like, he was obviously the best player, but he was just like the worst loser ever. And anytime he would he would lose or we would lose, he would chuck this huge wobbly and come off and like start kicking stuff around. And then I remember his dad as well would go up to him and be like, oh, yeah, it's no, you know, it's not your fault. It's the other kid's fault and stuff. And I remember just being like, I'm like 10, man. And I, I just I can tell that this is like bad parenting, whereas my dad would come and be like, you know, it's not about how you it's not about uh, winning or losing. It's about how you play the game and you got to learn from this yep. and so on. And, and people, and I see that people, some of my friends even, they take that into later life with lots of things and they don't know how to, I mean, maybe lose is not the right term because um, in sport, I suppose you use that term, but they're not able to fail graciously and learn from Except, that and yeah. move forward. Accept yeah. failures and move mm. forward, yeah. 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 I, I see it all the time in um, uh, managing in hospitality. You know, you've got these kids that just, they're like, they don't know, they they're so afraid to fail mm. that it ends up shooting him in the foot. Mm. Yep. Yep. Like so, it yep. happens so much. It's all about um, losing right there. Yeah. Right. And, mm. and like in terms of, and I'm in situations quite often where it's like, man, if you just admitted to what you've done and said, Hey, I'm going to try to improve. Mm. Then, yeah. Yeah. then we're, we're good to go. mate. Like yeah. I'm out of here, but because yeah. you can't do that, and you, you end up doubling down and then it becomes toxic, mm. you know? Um, if I can take that a little bit further, this isn't a point mm. that I wrote. Mm. should have been. Um, I think also, like, it's important to call out these toxic behaviors when mm. you see them yep. and try and help people stop. But also, it's it's really important, and I feel like this is something the internet's really bad at, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really important to leave room for growth for people. Yeah, and yep. you know, uh-huh. if somebody if somebody is making excuses and saying, "Oh, you're just taking it the wrong way," blah, blah, well, probably that person is not making a concerted effort to make themselves better. Mm, but yep. if you tell someone, like, to go back to our previous example of like this guy who grabs a girl's bum at a restaurant, and mm. like you stand up and you say, "Hey, dude, that's not okay. Don't do that." And yeah. 
he asked why. Mm. Well, that gives you room to tell him that mm. that's not okay because that's her body and she doesn't want you to do that. Mm. And yeah. you know, you've got to get consent before you do things like that. Yeah. And she clearly didn't give you consent. So now that gives him room to say, Oh, okay. That's why what I did was wrong. Mm. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah, Instead yeah. of just labeling that person indefinitely mm. as uh, you yeah, know, a yeah. toxic person that yeah. you should stay away from. Yeah, well said. So I, I think it's, it, like I said, I think the internet's really bad at it. But yeah. I think it's really Actually, especially the left, like the, um, the people oh, yeah. on the left are very not smart politically. Is that the way to say it? Like, um, I feel like people on the right are a lot more underhanded. I've got this word in my head now. But, um, and they'll like, they'll have these things in there that, um, and then people maybe who are a bit ignorant or in the middle who don't really know any better will, I don't know what's a good example like the um uh the black lives matter movement and then you have um great movement and then you have people on the right who bring in this all lives matter or it's okay to be white which people in the middle are like oh you know what it's okay to be white or all lives matter they sound like great statements and then people on the left just crucify them because they're because they've got a different context to the statement and then that yeah that leaves no room for growth it just yeah. leaves all this hate and bitterness so bad way of doing it and then nobody wins. And nobody wins. No one wins. The <laughs> debate gets shut down. Everybody stops talking about it because they're too afraid. And then fresh and woke don't start a podcast to talk about these <laughs> issues because we're, we're yeah. terrified because we're terrified. Yep, yep. Um, um, you, if I can... No, no, you go. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, no, you okay. go. Um, uh, just because it is very relevant to this. Uh, food for thought, what if it's the other way around with uh, Montegas? Montegoose? Oh, yeah. Montegoose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How are you going, Montegoose? Um, yeah. I think that we kind of touched on this before, but I think that regardless of who's doing it, it's not okay. It's mm. that's one of the examples where it's just toxic behavior. Mm. Um, yes. And it's, it's more, I think socially accepted for like a girl to flirt with a guy by, you know, slapping his butt or whatever. Um, but it, it still doesn't in this kind of context where like, if there was a, you know, a 40 year old woman who a couple too many drinks and then, um, her waiter walks by and she just like grabs his crotch. Like I have friends that that's happened to too, and it's not okay. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. But I, I think that that kind of goes into the same kind of thing where, um, like, if you hear about fresh, I'm not talking about you. Everyone, I'm not. Talking about you. But if you hear about a guy teacher who has <laughs> a an explicit like illicit relationship with one of their students versus a female teacher who has an explicit relationship with their student a lot of the culture like people feel bad for a girl who's taken advantage in that situation but mm. they might just say oh well it's it's okay because like he wanted it if it was the guy who had like an attractive teacher who hit on him but either way <laughs> that behavior is not acceptable it's yeah. toxic mm. even if society says oh well maybe it's more okay it's not yeah it's no. just not it's reminds yeah. me so of even that south park episode have you guys seen that South Park episode where they're like, Wait, which one? I don't know. Some young boys, some, some like kindergartner is like having an affair with some 18 year old and they go to the police about it and they're like, is that the blonde? Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's like the standard, oh, right. like re perpetuating yeah. that, that rhetoric. Rhetoric. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, actually Joe Rogan has a bit about that in his special yeah. on Netflix. Mm. I, I agree with it a lot. Yeah. For me, it's um, a lot to do with the, the balance of power and people talk about people often will um use the domestic violence um example as well as like a well men there's a relatively high 
um, portion of men who also get abused. And um, that's also obviously not good. And it's about looking at the balance of power in the relationship. So if you had a really, I suppose, a really strong lady and or better examples, maybe kids. So it's probably okay. It's not okay, but it's it's less. It's not so bad if, if, a, if a four-year-old is whacking their dad on the face or something as opposed to the dad smashing a four-year-old on the face is um the the dynamic of power in that relationship or even a teacher and a kid like if kids start fighting it's not okay but it's a different Mm. power dynamic too if i start beating the crap out of kids it's a it's a different story but i think that i think that um as as well as saying that you do need to recognize the fact that even though it is you write less um it is less i definitely think that the power relationship plays a dynamic that like it plays a role there yeah. but you can all you have to also say that it's she, not okay like her behavior is not okay yeah, if yeah, she yeah. Was doing yeah. That, i think that's you know? i think that's but people is, i i'm suspect of people's motives when you have the especially the domestic violence one they're like and then they jump to well men get abused as well it's just like yeah and nobody's saying that's okay but that that doesn't um contribute to the conversation really in my opinion right well, and I think the same thing is kind of true with like the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. Mm, exactly. Um, I, I think there's definitely room for that to be explained as yeah. opposed to just crucifying people. Like you said, a lot of people <laughs> on the left just jump to that. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's it's not like we're not saying that all lives don't matter. Mm. And we're not saying that Black Lives Matter more than yeah, other exactly. lives. Yep. We're just saying we need to call attention to the fact that Black Lives Matter because they're not being treated that way right now. Yeah. And by you saying all lives matter taking attention away from the thing they're trying to call attention to. Mm. And I um, think the same thing is true, like you're saying with domestic abuse. It's like, yeah, men are abused domestically, but that bringing that up doesn't help us solve the mm. fact that women are being abused domestically. Yep. It's, I've, I've heard a pretty stock standard um, analogy with like houses as one house on fire in a street and you don't go... And people are like, that house needs attention. And people are like, well, all the houses need attention. It's like, there's a problem there that we, <laughs> right. we need to like fix now, so... You, you don't yep. you can't say all of them need attention yeah um i think we have, oh, oh, no you got no no you finish uh, it uh, okay. just quick saying that i have uh kind of grown to appreciate over the years and it's not letting the fear of like failing to reach perfection mm. you, sh- you shouldn't let that fear stop you from trying very much so, so what's that the um nirvana fallacy i think that's what it is uh maybe i'm not sure <laughs> like if there's um, not a perfect but, answer for something there's no you, you can't not right. have a conversation you, about it if you can do something to make things better like the fact that you can't make it perfect doesn't mean you shouldn't try yeah and yeah. i think that kind of falls in the line with that too with a um all of these things that we're talking about like we might not be able to fix humanity 100 percent, but at least we can like recognize that there are some issues and deal with those ones yeah we know they're there definitely definitely um, I feel we've talked, I, uh, I mean, I kind of led us there because it was the way that I was thinking, but I think we've talked a lot about the toxicity side of things and how um, it's not good to talk about that. Could we potentially um, move into talking about some of the really positive things that come from um, that, from trying yeah. to better yourself in a, in a masculine way, make yourself more masculine? Mm. Um, I know that... Uh, was it Yvette's? You've got a few listed here? Definitely. Uh, let me... Okay, so um, we kind of already talked about how 
like I don't know that there's necessarily such a thing as positive masculinity so much as there's an elimination of toxicity and there's just good human behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, That's a nice point. So yeah. uh, I, I think we kind of touched on that already, but man, this purple is hard to read. Okay. So one of the things, um, the first thing that I have listed here is actually one of the things that we've talked about already too. And it's standing up for those who are unable or unwilling to do so for themselves. Um, and standing with those who stand up for themselves instead of just letting them fight their own fight. If somebody is in trouble, being there to help them mm. if they, you know, if they need help. Um, whereas the, you know, maybe not the best version of that would be like, uh, uh, let's see, a good way to do or to deal with like a waitress getting grabbed is to say, hey, don't do that. A bad way mm. to deal with it is to punch the guy in the face. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So yes. I, I think that's one yeah. example of like positive writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's good. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. I think that um, that's something that men do really well is is seeing the, seeing the downtrodden and seeing people around them and being like, you know what? Um, st- uh, like, I'll stand with you. You can rely upon me. You can lean on me to help you because I see that you're, not able to do it for yourself you know mm. and and yeah I, I love that i love that when i see that camaraderie in guys you know and it, and it kind of i mean the the i guess the toxic the, there's a toxic way to look at it where you go like oh like in a fight you know my my mate my my boys have got my back you know if yeah. there was to ever be a fight you know not that there has been you know but um it's that kind of thing it's that it's that willingness for the group of men around you to be like, you know what, like I, I'm here for you. And I think that we need to try to, instead of being like, oh, that might not, that might necessarily be a bad thing is, is maybe try to educate, um, how educate to be women, but like oh. educate, um, like, sorry, I'm going a little bit of a different way here, but like educate <laughs> women into how to like tap into that, I guess, or like how it, it is a good thing for them as well, I guess. Like I, it's not, it's not a bad thing for them. Started. Yeah, I guess I, I just disagree. Yeah, 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 and like because because in in some of those situations, you know, they they can't physically stand up for themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. So for them to be able to realize that they have, they do have, and, and I'm sure so many women have and, and might not realize it, or I'm sure some of them do realize it, that there's a group of men around them somewhere that actually really really have their back, mm. you know. And and being able to learn to rely and trust upon that, yeah, yeah, is super important. That's I think. good, um, and it's a really, really positive part of masculinity that man that I love, and I, I guess I rely upon, and it and it and it gives me the confidence that I guess I guess some people look at that confidence sometimes, and they go like, "Oh, men have this like inherent confidence about them," but I think it stems from that camaraderie. Hmm. Yeah. I think so. A bit. I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, and then I think that kind of leads into another positive trait that I, I would like to see more of, and that's just people having confidence in themselves. And it's not mm. to say that like you should have confidence in yourself no matter what you're doing, even if you're just like screwing things up 100% of the time. Because that's, that, again, that's not a way to fix things that are wrong. Mm. But um, to be able to recognize your own value. 
I guess, and be confident in yourself in that way, I think is an important trait for everyone to work on. But I think it's, it's something that as men, we definitely have a distinct responsibility to do and, you know, make sure that we're not selling ourselves short, but at the same time, we're not overly proud. Like you were saying, mm, yeah, uh, mm. and o- overly confident and, you know, mansplaining or what I hate that, but, <laughs> um, Sorry, wh- wait, what was the term? I missed mansplaining. That. Mansplaining. <laughs> oh, mansplaining. Yeah, it's rough. I just, I hate one. how that, like, like male talk or masculine toxicity, I think both of those get overused. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it just, like, you could just remove the gender part and it would still be accurate. Mm. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and I see that you put here as well, like, take self-care um, seriously. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. as like something that, that men do. And I, I'm not necessarily sure that's correct, but it does lead into that, like having confidence in yourself and, and realizing that, you know, taking care of your, your, your mental health as well as your, your body and just your life in general is, is something that's really, really positive for masculinity. And I think I, the reason I put that, I put that there very late at night, <laughs> but <laughs> I think what I was thinking at that time was uh, I think taking care of self or taking self-care seriously is part of being responsible for yourself. And that is an important trait to have. Yeah. Yes. Taking yeah. responsibility yeah. for your own actions and the own or the outcomes that come from your actions. Mm. Like that. Um, yeah. So one of the things that you can do for a better outcome is take care of yourself. Mm. Yeah. Just be responsible in that sense. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with all of those points. And I think that there is a role for positive masculinity, not positive. And, and I know you said we shouldn't be calling it positive masculinity, yeah. you know, but yeah. like, yeah, that, that just positive humanity and, and bettering yourself and, and trying to live your life in a way that you can be relied upon mm. is a very positive thing to do. And I think we should all be striving towards it. And it's something that I, I definitely wanted to highlight um, is that, I want people to be, I want men especially and young men to be at thinking about who's around them and, and lending their support to them and, and reaching out to people that might be in disadvantaged situations and being like, hey, you can rely upon me, you know, in mm. times of need or when you need me, I'm here for you, whether that be a woman or not, whether that be another mate or whether that be, I don't know, anyone, you know, and I, I think that's it. It's a, something that I want to impart on people is that, and in my stream as well, just that I'm here for people, you know, I'm here yeah. to listen and I'm here to be relied upon and I can be relied upon. And I think that's a super positive trait in masculinity that yeah. just, we, I don't want to lose yeah. that for sure. I think yeah. that's extremely prevalent. I, I've spent more time in Fresh's stream than yours, but I think that's a, a huge thing in the community here. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing you build more of the same. It sounds like you've already got a good start on it. Um, all, all stems but, from Papa Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's great that you guys are creating these safe spaces for people to not to use that term like too loosely, but like mm-hmm. spaces where people feel like they're comfortable places mm-hmm. where people feel like they can talk to you. If, if they need you for something, if you can do that thing for them, then you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not just going to like brush people off. And I, I think that's sorely lacking in internet presence mm. right now. So it's really good to see that there are some people who take it seriously. Mm. Yeah. Great, the space. Definitely. 
uh fresh any other thoughts from you yeah i mean uh, the only one i had on that um kind of like positive well not the only one but like the one i thought maybe we didn't cover was um that men seem to you know once again super general statements be a bit more maybe active in the way that they um care for people and I'm, I'm just taking this from like i looked at a lot of i was just trawling youtube talking about um looking at masculinity and there was all these like everyday hero videos and like mm. probably 99 percent of the everyday heroes were men doing these like amazing things for absolute strangers like you know they, they run into like some river or something and save somebody or like lifts like this all these guys getting together and like lifting a car off and stuff it's not to say that women can't do that but I, I was like oh that's a really uh positive side of like an active side of masculinity that we can we can take and be like oh that's a that's a cool thing that guys do often yeah Ish. definitely maybe yeah. being like taking that action and and yeah. doing you know we were mentioning that earlier that guys do things yeah you know yeah. especially growing up we, we do things all the time where yeah. we're men of action and we're just we're getting yeah. out and doing things and and that definitely yeah. translates into later life as well you know we're men of action we want to do things you know when mm, and it, sometimes it's sometimes it's bad men of action sometimes it's bad when <laughs> yeah. like um when a someone around us is getting harassed and our action is to potentially get yeah, violent. Yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah. I think that is definitely not necessarily a, a toxic thing. No, no. To Just seems up. to be the way guys are wired a bit more. And and maybe it's, and I don't know if that's, wired is probably not the right way to say it. Um, it's probably not a biological thing. It's probably a cultural thing where we see the amount of hero stories, you know, that you have about guys compared to girls. So maybe it's a thing that we can we can say, this is a positive part that we see out of, masculinity maybe we can encourage ladies in this area too and they can we can all you know yeah. be everyday heroes um and i think along with that like that idea of being everyday heroes uh one of the things that you can do also as as a guy is if you have kids be involved in their lives mm, yeah. don't don't just put that off as woman's work because mm. it's not yeah yeah that child oh, 100%. Is part of you yeah and you owe it to them to give them everything you have mm, that's good because they yeah. can't do it without you do you so have any I kids Mr. positive trait i do not no. okay you'd be a good dad you should oh, have well, some I've, got, kids. I've got my big furry one. Oh, there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> the doggo I've got, I've got like a nephew and a goddaughter but oh yeah very nice cool yeah. well yeah i guess um i guess it's probably around time that we wrap this up unless anyone else has some oh, other we have, thoughts um, so i got a viewer question from the discord and um oh some viewer so, questions nice uh, Guys, if you do have a viewer question, exclamation mark question, oh, I can't write somebody else exclamation mark question in the chat, you can go into the Discord and there's a channel there called Podcast Questions. So the first one we had was from Vibe. Um, well, we actually got a few. Um, so one from Vibe here. And he says, uh, do you think masculinity is linear? And do you guys think men should feel less worried about being a man and more concerned about being genuinely caring and emotionally in touch with your lives and others around them. So I'm not 100 percent sure about what he means by the linear part. Can anyone expand on well, that? What do you think? In 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 terms of linear, I think well, what I take out of it is like no, I definitely don't think so. So like you, when most people talk about linear things, they're talking about like oh, do you think it's just one way or the other? You know, or or is it like you know everybody's different and everybody finds their own path and it's like up the mountain and then down the mountain and to the right over here. And it's not just like down a straight line that's, you know, and I think that everybody finds masculinity their own way and, and has their own interpretations of it. Interpretations. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Sorry. For some reason that word sounded well, funny in my <laughs> mouth. Um, I think uh, agreeing with that um, mm. masculinity should, 
or like I think we've kind of been touching on this a couple of times here and there. We we want to focus less on positive masculinity and more on, like you said, being more concerned about being a genuinely caring and emotionally in touch person. And I think that is just like, you know, being a positive person and it's less important to be a specific type of man and more important to be a good type of person. Mm, I agree. Definitely. I agree. Good, good lads. Um, Sinte had no a question. No disagreement here. No disagreement. but Sinte, we pretty much covered. She said, talk about the Gillette ad and is toxic masculinity. Yeah, so I feel like we covered yeah. that pretty well. Good, Sinte. Thank you. Thoroughly. But thanks yeah. for the question. Yeah. Um, so let me just double yeah. check. Well, um, yeah, uh, I, I definitely, I, like, I can't, I can't say it enough that I, I think that um, men have an important part of this world. And I think that we can be relied upon, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I wish that more people in my life would reach out to me and rely upon me, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that, yeah. um, that's something that every man should be striving to do. And I think it's, it's something that I definitely think that is part of masculinity, masculinity. And I believe it's a part of masculinity because masculinity to me is just my humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, I am yeah. a man, therefore I am masculine, mm-hmm. you know? And, yep. and, and from that is my humanity. And I think that I, I want to reach out and yeah, I just, I, I want to reiterate, reiterate that because I just think it's so important for everybody to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, and, and masculinity in and of itself is not a toxic. No. I, I don't think any of us here think it is. Yep. No, it's just, yeah. you know, certain behaviors that just, just don't do them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think whether, whether you're a guy or a girl, just, just don't do them. Yeah. Definitely. It's good. Oh, uh, I think Monty might be coming in with a question. Looks oh, like sorry, Monty's real quick, he says. That's cool. Well, shall we start the beer review while we, uh, or should we wait Ooh. for, what do you reckon? <laughs> What's the um, go work? What well, do we do? I mean, we can, we can, we can roll through it. Like I can do mine. Uh, I'll, I'll start mine if you want. Mm, okay. All right. Go yeah. for it. Well, and then, more and for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then after me, uh, maybe, yeah, we can take another question real quick. Cool. So uh, I just, I don't know how well this is going to focus in, but um Look, what actually can you um bring those topics up again? Oh, here we go. Where is it? Yeah. Appearance, taste, and appearance drinkability. Was, appearance out of five, of taste out of ten, and drinkability out of five. So appearance is one of those things with beer that sometimes I don't know. You you get those like really um those beers that you're drinking and you're like oh it kind of tastes like a lager right mm. and then you and then you you pour it into a glass and you're like oh it's mm. like almost mm. like a dark beer. And it, and it freaks you out a little bit. Mm. So I don't know. I'm not 100% convinced on the appearance's role in this because <laughs> I think if a beer tastes good, it tastes good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that said, I think that there have been beers that I've had before poured for me into a glass, like yeah. at a pub, like yeah. a, where I've gone, oh, that looks like a cloudy mess. Yeah. And I don't, it's not appealing at all. I don't want to drink it. It should have stayed in the brown bottle. Mm. But yeah. this beer, the Peach Invasion New England IPA by Rocky Ridge Brewing Company. Um, is a nice pale ale uh, look. Got a bit of sediment in there, which is uh, <laughs> usually, yeah, I'm trying to like, yeah, that's usually uh, quite often with Indian pale ales. So to me, it just looks like an IPA. I've had a, a thousand IPAs in my life and this looks exactly the same. So I don't know how to rate it. Appearance five. I mean, it looks like an IPA. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't look gross. Um, in terms of taste, 
<laughs> so, <laughs> you guys know, um, you guys, I'm sure you've had them. It reminds me a little bit of, I don't know if you guys have ever had it, Matzo's probably not oh, you, yeah. Mr. Vets. <laughs> Matzo's yeah. Mango. The mango, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you ever had it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And how it's kind of one of those beers that you, you drink it. It's a very novel taste. It's kind of a little bit sweeter, mm. um, but it's not like cidery. It, it's weird. Mm. And, and you, you drink it and maybe you might have a second one. But then that's where your drinking ends for the night. After yeah. your second one, you're like, okay, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of reminded me of that. The True. peach in it was like really, really strong. Okay. And it okay. almost came out semi like syrupy, like a little mm. bit, like a like peach syrup in a beer was yeah. kind of yeah, like I I how mean. it tasted in yeah. my mouth. Chemically, and it, and maybe? No. Not not chemically. No, chemically. No, okay, not chemically. Okay. It was still t- it was syrupy. tasty. Yeah, okay. Right? Like like mango Matzo's mango beer yeah. is a tasty beer. You know, okay. and okay. and you drink it and you love it and you go, wow, I really want, I want to drink heaps of this, you know? And then you get to the bottom of your bottle and you're like, ooh, you know what? Actually, I think it's time for me to switch beers. Yeah. So, it is good and I really enjoy this beer, but I think it's, it's one of those things that you buy and you, you have, you share around, everybody has like one can each and, mm-hmm. and you, you taste it and it's novel and it's interesting, but I don't, it's mm-hmm. definitely not a session beer. You know, I couldn't drink okay. more than add a push two of these in the night, mm. you know? Um, yeah, but I mean, I enjoyed it. It was tasty. So, I'm going to give it, uh, what's the taste out of 10? I'm going to give it a f- five. Oh, okay. Yeah, a yep. five out of 10, I think. Pass, pass um, And, oh, wait, what, uh, sorry, can you can you give me another uh, another thought on the drinkability? Sorry, Dr- so, drinkability so the three so things like, we're doing here is appearance, taste, yeah. and drinkability. Drinkability What's is mainly like, taste? could you buy a carton? Well, you, you actually covered it almost in, in taste. Yeah, so I kind of covered it. I feel like um, um, drinkability is more, yeah, how, would you drink, Could you would you buy a whole carton of these? Would you drink them over a whole night kind of thing? How drinkable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, that's a definite <laughs> no for me. Okay. Um, so I've had it. some, I've had some amazing IPAs that I, uh, like I've spent whole nights on IPAs and loved it. So, yeah. um, this one is definitely not a, a mainstay. I definitely, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever invest in a whole carton of it mm. personally. <laughs> um, but man, like I really enjoy drinking it, Yeah. Okay. but I I'm done. And I do yeah. actually have a second beer here. Cause I was like, Oh, when we get to the end tasting, I'll, I'll go for another one. But man. It's so sweet, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I'm, I really enjoyed it, but okay. I think, I think I'm done. So, That's low so drinkability, I'm going to give a, a one, Yeah, I think, and yeah. taste, I'm going to give, actually, I'm going to up the taste now that I've kind of distinguished those yeah. um, in my mind. I'm going to go more of a eight. Okay. So, that's for, 14, for 14 out of 20. Is it? Yep. Eight. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Five, All right. Um, yeah, not, not a, not a terrible score. Not a terrible score. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to come in with Monty's question, I think in between, um, the yeah, yeah, that's fine. so that we, so we finish off the last question, but, um, what way do you want to portray masculinity for future generations? Considering the societal change in definition, the word is taking in this day and age. That sounds complicated. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I just want to read it again. What, so what way do you want to portray masculinity for future generations considering the societal change in definition? The word is taking. The word is so, taking. So masculinity as a word is taking a slightly different definition on. So how would you want to portray it um, for future generations? 
Is that that's well, probably I, something? Well, I think we've definitely kind of touched on that a little bit, that yeah. we want to steer away from the word masculinity at all. I think all three of us were, were semi in agreement here that we wanted to steer away from the word masculinity and, and move to humanity, you know, that yeah. that it's it's not okay for toxic behavior across the board to be allowed and accepted. And I disagree with when people target things as inherently masculine because mm. when you do that and it's the same with any stereotype you're putting people in a box when you say this belongs to masculinity what you're saying is as a man i am responsible or i have that behavior inherent to me and that is just not true and you should never use generalizations like that and you should never use stereotypes like that and i think i i don't know i don't know you feel free to speak up i think that we were all in we definitely agreed at one point or another that yeah masculinity as a word and and especially in the societal context that has been used a lot today mm. we want to steer away from yeah i think that, that, that summed up pretty well yeah mm. and, and i think just to add one little bit to that um mm -hmm. i think the way that uh definitions and terms and phrasing and attention is being changed in this like day and age i think that we're going to start to move more away from terms like uh, masculinity and femininity mm. and talk more about humans because there are so many different things that are going on in the world mm. like with regards to gender that those those waters for the conversation are getting so muddy that you can't actually have a real conversation anymore because people don't think it means the same thing mm. so i yep. think um part of it is just going to be a shift from uh these are behaviors a man should have, and these mm. are behaviors that you shouldn't have to mm these are behaviors that a person should have yeah good call like traits and these are traits that a person shouldn't yeah so i i think that's you know kind of what you were saying and yeah like good. getting away from just saying all men are this way because it's master good mm. sum up lads i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take away not from gonna that. mess with that one no that's yeah, good no props um, all righty we guys well one, one um, last question hold on did you, oh, you one get last question Sorry, one last chat one. question um or you were you going to go on to the beer because we're we're going to get one last chat question um so uh this is from supergirl sonic do you think women are more likely to label a man as behaving with toxic masculinity or do you think men are harsher on on each other and uh put more pressure on each other to behave a certain way i think um in generally speaking um it seems like women yeah, I think generally speaking, it seems like women have been the ones who at least raised the issue about toxic masculinity, whether or not. Um... I, I, th I think, sorry to interrupt. I think yeah, it's yeah. because they, um, I think it's because it, it really, though, quite, they perceive those toxic masculinity things as, as seriously affecting them, mm. you know, um, that, and that's why I, I definitely perceive it coming from quite a few women yeah. um, is that I think that, those toxic masculinity behaviors to use the term um, refer to things like domestic abuse and rape and, um, and those, those kind of things that quite a lot of it has to do with women. And, and, and that's kind of how the word is getting used quite a lot of the time. It's to refer to those kinds of things. Um, yes. I think that's, yeah. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I think that like it does come from men as well, but I don't think that we would, um, ever label it as toxic masculinity, I guess. I think it's, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. 
Yeah, I think that, um, I think you're right. I think it's less likely that men would label it as masculinity. Um, and I think that kind of relates to the last question too, where like you're, you're putting men into a box mm-hmm. and men are yeah. less likely to do that as part of that group than someone who is looking in from the outside. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe it's more commonly labeled that way by women, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure either. It's, it's, it's definitely hard for me to put myself, or like to speak for women, you know, yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, they definitely, it's definitely coming from women. I, I would never say that. white guy speaking um, for yeah, women. Like, <laughs> We're doing it again. It, it's, coming from, it's coming from society in general, and I don't think that it's, it's a good thing to be using masculine in that, in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. think um, uh, I'd be very okay with saying that people on the progressive side of the population are way more likely to label guys as toxically masculine and people on the conservative side would be way less. Um, but that, that's quite an obvious thing to say though. So I think it's probably more of a yeah. uh, social slash political view than a gender thing. I, I think maybe to add to that, the um, people on the more conservative side would be less likely to call it out at all. Yeah. Mm. Rather than just less likely to label it. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that's, I, feel like, I agree. I feel like it's yeah. more about the same flow and that's, yeah, which exactly. which is a bad thing as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So we agree, conservatives are bad. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I said. Yeah. That's what we're taking away from the podcast, everybody. Lock it in. Oh, um, sweet, that's cool. cool. Uh, Continue well, with the beer review. Yeah, beer review. You guys have got two more to go. Let's let's hit it up. Yeah, uh, Mr. Retz, do you want to go next? Yeah, go for sure. it. Um, so I said this at the beginning, but I'll say it again. This is a beer that I've had several times. It is very early in the morning for me. Drinking. So I wanted to pick something safe instead of something that was going to make me make faces. Um, but this is uh, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. It's an American IPA. Um, it says on the can, a perfectly balanced American IPA brewed with 100% centennial hops and bursting with aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit. Oh, and I feel oh. like that's that's pretty accurate. Um, it's That's a lot. But uh, I think that the um, the pine and grapefruit notes definitely come through a lot. Um, it's it's kind of more of a I don't want to say earthy, but like more of a foresty beer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, okay. like if you're walking through a pine forest or whatever, that you know, especially yeah. if it's humid, that it, kind of feeling. It's kind of like aroma. not necessarily a, a summer day, but it's more mm. of a winter beer. Hmm. Yeah. I, well, or Maybe. even fall. I think. Hmm. Okay. Fall. Interesting. Um, autumn. Yeah. yeah. Autumn. Whatever. <laughs> whatever we don't have fall um, here <laughs> <laughs> but it is i will definitely say it is a heavier beer um so in terms of i guess i'll just start at the bottom with drinkability um in terms of drinkability i would probably give this like a three okay. um because it is it's very good it tastes very good mm. um but it's hard to drink a lot of it because it is such a heavy beer when it sits in your stomach. Okay. okay um and then the other thing about it is it's like a I think it's like an eight percent beer. Oh, seven percent. So, oh. yeah, mine was pretty strong um, as well. It was like six point five. Yeah, mine's and this is a pint can. So I'm. Oh man! So <laughs> when you when you said light beer, you were like, you're actually trying to show off. <laughs> this is actually really heavy. Dark I didn't beer. say it's a light beer, did I? <laughs> no, 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 not light. I just you wanted an easy beer, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I wanted one I was familiar with. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, familiar. Um, okay. That's got to be yeah. like three standard uh, drinks or three and a bit standard drinks. That's hectic. Wow. Uh, one, one standard drink here, like a standard pour from a draft is a 16-ounce pour, which is what this is. 
Okay. So, interesting. Um, I don't know different, what that translates. Different classification, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I don't know either. But yeah. Um, um, but anyway, uh, so drinkability, I'd say three because mm -hmm. uh, it's it's good and it tastes good and it goes down smooth, but you just can't drink a whole lot of them, just like you were saying about the peach one. Mm -hmm. um, for taste, I would probably give it. Uh, I'd probably give it like a nine because I think there is still some room for improvement there, mm. but um, mostly in terms of intensity, there's just a lot of flavor sometimes when you take <laughs> like a big gulp or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot going on and a lot mm. of aftertaste and everything, which is good. But um, so what did I say? Uh, three for drinkability, nine for taste and appearance. It's a very nice amber color. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's right, pretty right. accurate to what's going on. Um, okay. Not a whole lot of sediment, but there's a little bit in there. Um, yeah. It's not a particularly crisp beer. Uh, it's not heavily carbonated, um, but it's still got some bite to it. So um, I would say for appearance, I'd, I'd give it I'd give it a solid five for appearance. I like the nice. look of this beer. It's not one that I would put back in the brown bottles. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And... Uh, just to lean into drinkability, you said a three. Would you would you buy a carton of it? Absolutely, I have many times. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Um, nice. But but I would not go through like these come in four packs. I won't drink all four of these in a night. I'll yeah, probably have yeah. two events. Yeah, my good call yeah. then. So that's yeah, a seventeen. Mine, mine was definitely similar. Seventeen out of twenty. Good good beer. Good good classic. Nice. All right, all right, lads. Uh, so once again, I've got the the four pines. Uh, very nice Australian Brewing Co. I believe um, they have. It's a uh, six point five percent, six point three percent, one point nine standard. They've all gone the heavier ones. Yeah, um, and it's described as dank, paunchy. You know what? You know something's good when they <laughs> when the first like. word is dank. It's gonna be good. <laughs> I don't dank. know what that word means. <laughs> it's like a, a like. Uh, I thought dank no, was no, like, I, I, like 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 dark and like wet. Isn't that dank? Yeah, that, uh, that's what I picture it as. Definitely. Okay, so this beer is dark and, and, and wet, obviously, guys. It, has, it definitely has, um, you know, marijuana connotations. Oh, yeah. wait. Oh, I didn't know about that. Gee. All right, well, I'm drinking the... So it's marijuana-y, paunchy, resinous. <laughs> Hops are all time. Anyway, I'm not going to read all of it. Um, so appearance, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly light-colored but very cloudy, pretty, like... What you'd expect from an IPA? Maybe a little bit light, lighter color than yeah. I'd expect. Mm -hmm. But um, yep. so I'll give it a, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, I'd give it a five, I guess, because that's what you'd expect Whoa. of a. Yeah, of a, yeah, it looks good. I will face. Yeah, looks good. So I give it a five <laughs> for the appearance. Squinty. <laughs> five for appearance. <laughs> um, uh, it taste. It was. It was very good. I wouldn't say it's the best IPA I've ever had. I like. Um, maybe slightly it's it's like it's 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 very it's very tasty but it's a bit it's a bit crisp it's on the it's like a bit more of a pale not a pale ale but just a little bit crisp compared to some other ipas i've had i like that like where you have a bit more um hopsy and a bit more uh yeah florally f yeah Is it florally. maybe more like a or like fruity like or a like a citrusy or yeah, like, like you get a bit more of, bit more of yeah 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 in a way um so i'm gonna give it an eight i reckon for or Maybe I should go seven, because it's it's very good. Like I would, yeah, it's very good. And drinkability, I would buy hundred percent buy a carton of these and drink all night easily. So I reckon I'll go five for drinkability. Nice. I'll give it a seven for taste. So I went. What did I do? Five. You did seven. Five for drinkability. Five. Seven and five. So yeah. seventeen. Seventeen again. There you go. 
Nice. Well we satisfied. picked some solid beers, gents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good peas. I mean, good yeah, peas, I guys. really enjoyed mine. Mm. So, very good. Awesome, guys. All right. Well, um, mm. that's pretty much all we've got for you today. Mm. Um, thank you, Mr. Everts, for yeah. um, coming on the podcast. I Absolutely. Really, really enjoyed talking to you. And um, where can we yeah. find you, Mister Everts? Are you are you streaming? Are you going to be streaming regularly? We had this conversation a little bit before, or uh, um, on Twitter. Mm. I'm not going to be regularly uh, for fun, um, but I, I used to do it uh, like three times a week, pretty yeah. stringently at certain times. I'm a little bit more lax about that now. But um, if you do want to look me up on Twitch and give me a follow in case I do go live, it is just the same as what's. Right. What's up uh, above there? <laughs> At Mr. Uh, Events. There you go. Nice. Yep. So um, that is what my name is on Twitter. That's what it is on Facebook if you do the pages thing. Um, and then it's the same on Twitch. Mm. So if you want to try and find me, those are the places I'll be hiding. Very nice. Uh, what do you um, and also, thank you, thank you for having me. Oh, no worries. Thank yeah, you so no much problems. for coming. The 100%, I don't know about what works feelings. I'm putting him on the spot here, but I'm, I want to get Yvette's back again for some of the other topics oh, that man. he's talked about. I was, I was I actually going to say the same thing. Okay, good, I good. really Absolutely. enjoyed talking about And even having a fourth would be really nice too sometimes. That'd be yeah, cool. yeah. No, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, which brings us to another topic, guys. Um, if you think uh, this, I think it's below me if I do like mm. this, uh, yeah. this panel could have your beautiful face in it mm. potentially. Um, hit up fresh. Wait, where do where Both do they of us. Uh, Discord, tw- oh, uh, Twitter of messages. Yeah, woke hit him up. Probably not a vet. So he'll be like, "All right, just sell fresh and work." But um, yeah, hit <laughs> yeah. us up. Send us a message. We've got like a really long list of people who are really keen already. So um, you feel free mm, to join definitely. that list. Um. Yeah, but um, you can obviously you you're watching this on Fresh's Twitch, but mm. um. You've got the same Twitter handle so, yeah. and I've got the same Twitch and Twitter handle as below me here. That's it. And if you'd like to, um, if you miss part of the podcast, obviously live, you can, uh, I'm going to go exclamation mark YouTube. The YouTube is also just Fresh Plays Live if you want to catch up on the rest of the episode. I'm going to explore putting it on Spotify as well. I'll have a look at that this week. Oh, I don't mind that. Um, and uh, I guess last thing that uh, we should talk about, unless you've got something else fresh, is um, mental health support. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one because we've um, maybe uncovered a few um, subjects that can trigger people. So, put a couple of numbers here that are, so for Australian people, if, you, if you're feeling um, like you need to call someone, Lifeline's a great place to call on 13 11 14, 13 11 14, Lifeline. And then I, I picked also an American um, institution because Yvette's is from America in case we had some viewers from there too. So Mental Health America was 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255 if you need a chat. Those are both 24-hour helplines that you can call. Um, awesome. Last thing, I think, thank you so much to all the followers and the uh, hosts and that that happened during the podcast. Yeah, I keep them a couple of raids. off so that we don't get super distracted, but really appreciate all of the support, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <clears throat> Thank you very much for tuning in and uh, thank you, Mr. Vets. Thank you, Fresh. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys soon. Um, I'm probably going to jump back on, play some games in a little bit. So feel free nice. to tune in. Yep. I'll give them uh, the right. Cool. See you guys. Catch you later.